Hey everybody, this is Lex Luger, the Total Package, and you are listening to Market Out. This is Market Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans, we market out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans, we market out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans, we market out, y'all. Red lights and pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans, we market out, y'all. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 648, and we thank you for listening to our online listening experience in podcast form. Several ways you can get through to us is on MarkingOut.com, where you can listen to all of our past episodes, as well as some episodes in Apple Music and also on Spotify. Uh, Stitcher is going under. On August 28th, so we, uh, we'll give a 10-belt salute to it on that week's episode. Um, social media-wise, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. Uh, Twitter.com slash MarkingOut. Uh, YouTube and Instagram slash MarkingOut11. TikTok and MarkingOut. And Twitch.tv slash MarkingOut. I spoke about it last week. I'm going to try to get on again to do some more live streaming of Fight Forever. Um, because that's all I've been playing. Um and you can email us, marketout1 at gmail.com. We have merchandise. Thank you for everybody who purchased it during the 4th of July sale. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisSweenDog. I am also sitting here with Dave, who you can follow on Twitter at DavidPTDPT. David, how are you? I'm doing amazing, and I'm very happy that you got the handle correct, and it's because we have the handle right in front, I feel. No, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> It yeah, is. but he's gotten and, incorrect as of late. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, I have yes. Someone hasn't been listening to the product, brother. I know. Chris, how are you? You doing? I'm, fanta- I'm fantastic. And as you heard, we're here with the heart and soul of Mark now. Count of Monte Fisto, cousin Brandon, 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 Brandon Galarraga. Um, he loves the fist. You can follow him on all of his social media award-winning platforms at BTTG. What's one six one? Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. No more uh, strap. I'm Good. still on those antibiotics, but oh yeah, what'd you get a Z pack? No, it's like uh, what do they what do they give you, Dave? Steroid? Yeah, whatever the prednisone. No, the long Preg- the long word. You got know. a D ball? I don't know what it is. They're pills, <laughs> capsules. Well, we hope that you're feeling better. Some trend? Yeah, I put them in my mouth. I swallow them, and then I get better. <laughs> That's it. Nice. That's how, that's how magic's have having, done. Have you been having a lot of probiotic with it, like yogurts and stuff like that? Sometimes uh, not yogurt. Stomach. I can't stand yogurt. And I didn't even have soup at all. Even I with was strawberries. Just, no, I don't like yogurt. No? Frozen Did yogurt. Did you get the Spaceballs reference? Come on. I've never seen Spaceballs. I know I feel like that's like a bad, how bad, uh, bad of a Jewish person I am. But, fired. Yeah. <laughs> done. I just don't like Star Wars, so it's like. You don't like anything. I, what do you mean? I, I like Yeah, but things. it's Mel Brooks. No, there. Yeah, I understand. It's Mel Brooks. That, yeah, I mean, if you like Larry David, you should probably like Mel Brooks. <laughs> yes, they're probably friends back in the day. Back but in the I day, was... Mel Brooks is so much older than Larry David. <laughs> back in the day, they're still old. Many moons anyway, ago, uh, it was Fourth of July this week, and me and Dave got to hang out on Fourth of July. It was great. Yeah, it was uh... incredible. Or no, you didn't light any fireworks. Did you see oh, anybody? No, 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 no. Did you see anybody light fireworks? <laughs> me. Okay, well, Chris. I just, you want to... I did, well, no, because Dave came to my house, Dave. <laughs> they were sparklers, Shabbat. folks. No, they were actually legit I, fireworks. I allegedly. Why do you say allegedly? <laughs> what do you mean? It's illegal in New York. Uh, not for the cops <laughs> that told me to stop. 
It wasn't. <laughs> um, but like, I can tell you though, New York was like a war zone. Yeah, and we were talking, it, I was talking to Sal this morning too. And Sal was like, it was the wild west out here. My parents were like, yeah, it's like, they didn't go out, stop going off until one thirty in the morning. Yeah, it was so, it was crazy. I mean, even when I left you guys, it was really it was actually dangerous on the road because there was a guy I was turning left, and the guy in the other lane nearly he made a left into my lane, but luckily I was going to merge into the other lane too. Yeah, further right. Everybody, because it was such a war zone out there with fireworks <laughs> going off, everybody was so distracted on the road. You know, yeah. you had people watching the fireworks instead of the road. So it was also dangerous. And, you know, but yeah, we had, it was a great time at your place. You had the, the, I mean, when I was there, it was sparklers. You know, I left a little bit no, well, early. Like, so it was, it was first sparklers. And then my neighbor has a Tesla and he's like, Hey, you want to see a light show? I'm like, yeah, sure. So he puts on light show mode on his Tesla and the wings start flapping and wings. the lights start going. Yeah, the the it's doors. Like a, it's like, yeah, the doors. I didn't know Tesla it's flapping, doors opened it's playing, up. It's playing music. It's going nuts. It was awesome. And then all of a sudden he goes into his garage and he's like, I just found all these fireworks. I was like, let's go. <laughs> so then we ended up blowing off fireworks in the middle of the street. And then all of a sudden a cop comes down and goes, hey, guess what? You're on a semi-major road here. Uh, try to do the fireworks when people aren't on the street. I'm like, brother, what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> I'm like, yes, officer. I felt like, you know, like a kid in, in yes. Yes, mom, I'll do that. Don't worry. He's like, I'm not going to give you a ticket. I'm like, good. I'm like, what about that guy over there? I know. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, I mean, they're stopping you, but there's so many people lighting them off. And I wonder if everybody was getting visits. I didn't yeah, see no. any fireworks. I heard them oh. everywhere, but oh, I, saw I, them. I was watching NXT, so I wasn't going up <laughs> to like watch I mean, for them, watch them at I all. Saw, I, one thing I didn't like was the Macy's... Uh, uh, fireworks show, which do you guys watch it at all or no? No, no, I'm watching real fireworks in front of my face. So like, I'm, I always liked it growing up as a kid because I just have memories of 4th of July at my grandparents' house and that being on the TV. And I always like watching that with just the music playing and everything. Uh, they always have the radio where you could sync it up to the firework display as well. And something I didn't really like was that they had so many live performances now. They always where do they, though. Yeah, but it's, it felt more and more now where instead of showing the firework display, they're cutting back to the concert taking place too uh, most of the time where you're not fully just eyes on the display. I feel like if you're going to do that, maybe do a picture in picture so this way you can still watch the fireworks too. I think I'd much oh, rather sure. watch BB Rexa perform than the fireworks. <laughs> It's just like know. I've I've watched so many fireworks. You see him with like cause Chris and I, we go to Disney. So mm -hmm. it's like I, I could see fireworks like there every single night. Not that I'm there every single night, but yeah. I've become like numb it's to it almost. Fourth of July fireworks are a lot different than Disney fireworks. Yeah, you Fourth see that July one clip? Are just like There's that one clip of uh, they, they lit off fireworks and it like accidentally lit off of under somebody's car. And it was just like all at once. And somebody put yeah. Cody Rhodes in front of it <laughs> like okay. Cody's pyro. Yeah, people got a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. What about your What about your Fourth of July, Brandon? I and your Fourth of July weekends. Yeah, I didn't really. I'm, my dad's up from Florida, so I got to see him over the weekend, and I got one of the worst Philly cheesesteaks that I've ever had from a diner. From and I, it's from a diner. I'm absolutely oh. not naming names, but I feel like 
you really can't trust diners with that stuff. And the only reason why I did get it was because it used to be really good. But that it, it was unfortunate. I got to see him again for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe they changed cooks or something. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been to that place. So it was unfortunate. You live, you learn. Uh, I also, on yeah. July 4th, I grilled up steak. I grilled up corn. And... Uh, Felt patriotic. You didn't grill up a steak like I grilled up a steak. Probably. Well, you, oh, yeah. you Chris, grill Chris up. Chris is the what barbecue you, master. Well, what, what do you grill up? It's the tomahawk. I, I No, we also did a grilled lunch broil as our meat appetizer. I'm a skirt steak man. <laughs> I love skirt steak. I love skirt steak too, but I, I just feel like you need a big chunk of meat for your, your 4th of July barbecue. And I did a, a beautiful tomahawk. I am the big chunk butter of meat. on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes but the, the, uh, the, I, I think the butter made it it was the garlic oh, what was, was it, it? I, I made a compound butter with roasted garlic butter salt pepper and then parsley from the uh the garden diced that up melted it down reformed it into like a little thing put some dollops on it oh my god i'm still thinking about it it was I, delicious I, I, I had some of it this morning with eggs it was great i i like i because we we of course had other people there i felt bad eating the tomahawk steak <laughs> like i be, like it was so good because you can easily finish it all on your own you could but, but yeah you, like you you totally could. It it was delicious. It was delicious. Aren't yeah. tomahawks like gigantic though? It was yeah. pretty big. Yeah. You get yours yeah. from Stu Leonard's or what? I did get mine from Stu Leonard's. I saw them advertising it. I was like, this this has to be where Chris gets his. That's yeah. That's where yeah. even from even the the fat on there. It was it was all it was just melted in your mouth. I loved it. It was probably it was great. That. Pasta salad, corn, hot dogs. What else? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. And then dessert, we had like Dave Bourne delicious apple pie. Um, yes. We had banana pudding. We had cake. Man, we were fatties at a half yesterday. Oh, yeah. The, be- the best part was all of us sitting at the table with while the kids were doing their thing. <laughs> we're just sitting at the table like really nobody's talking. And we're just all just allowing that moment of silence just to set in. We're just we're all sitting back we're like, uh, can we go inside for a little bit? Also, <laughs> did, it, also it totally say, did it not yeah. rain by you? or? Well, it, 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 apparently it canceled the hot dog competition for them just to say, okay, guess what? It's not canceled. Did you see this on Twitter? Did you live on Twitter? Did you see like America's like infrastructure collapsing within an hour because the hot dog uh, contest was quote unquote canceled by ABC7? It was canceled and then they, I guess, postponed it to 2 p.m. Or whenever I, it started. No, because I there was ne- I always saw it on ESPN. In the lower bottom right corner, it said weather delay. Mm-hmm. You know, stay tuned. I never saw anything about it being canceled. I went on yeah. Major League Eating's Twitter. They said nothing no. about it. So it was, it was just AB- people. You know it what's AB- a crazy thing AB- that they do? It's not. I know they do the hot dog gimmick, but I, I see that the they lemonade. now do the chugging thing as well. Yeah, yeah is, that, is that new this year? No, it's a couple of years old. I saw yeah, the, I, the, I, the guy that won. I didn't. Even, I see him online doing the stuff, and I'm like, I have absolutely no idea how you do what he does. But I saw he's from Long Island, apparently. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, he used to be one of the top competitors for the hot dog eating contest too. Oh, really? Um, Kobayashi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kobayashi. He he's long gone. He retired. But yeah, yeah. this guy, uh, the guy that won the I don't think uh, he the retired. Lemonade. He was forced out, didn't he? I have no clue. I don't know. I, I think, don't know the pol- I don't know yeah, the politics of major league eating, brother. There may, there may have been a political aspect, but yeah. But the guy that you're talking about, Brandon, he was one of the bigger competitors on the hot dog eating con- contest. 
So he probably he just switched over to the lemonade drinking now. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it was lemonade. That's what it was. They yeah, had lemonade. to remake all of those hot dogs. That's the one thing they said. Like, yep, he's like because this thing was canceled two hours, they had to throw out all those hot dogs or give them to somebody, and then they have to have to cook like seven hundred new hot dogs two hours later. I, um, I also appreciate that it was sponsored by Pepsi. Yeah, no, the post game was sponsored by Pepsi, which I yeah. thought was very, very smart. He, and George Shea had his bucket hat on. Yeah, that guy's a man. Um, what else? What else happened week wise this week for anybody? This week, I feel like Money in the Bank really took it. I mean, everything talking wise that I wanted to com- uh, converse about was Money in the Bank related. I mean, it was such a, a hot topic, and yeah, um, yeah, just really looking forward to that that event taking place. And joining us at this time to talk about Money in the Bank is Robert DeFelice. He is a lifelong wrestling fan and has spent the last several years writing and talking about professional wrestling on multiple platforms, including Fightful. So uh, you can give him a follow on social media at DeFelice. Robert, hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Now, I have been following you guys forever. I mean, early listeners might have known some weird kid. Trying to call himself Raid Show Stealer, <laughs> making an ad for you guys. I remember that. Yeah, that yeah. was me. So it's, was... it's been a long time coming, and this is really cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked about it. Um, I'm stoked the fact that there is so much wrestling on to watch, and so this and uh, this I know. And, and you know, we had a conversation earlier before this. You said most of your wrestling consumption is because of your job, and you write for Fightful, correct? Yes, I write for Fightful, and I write a little bit for WrestleZone. As well, but I cover a lot of the shows, so literally six days out of the week now are just covering TV shows. I know. And we had a, a huge one this past weekend, Money in the Bank, from the O2 Arena in London, England. I think the one thing I appreciated the most about this, and I said there's a lot of wrestling out there, that we had 3 o'clock here on you know Eastern Standard Time. We had 3 o'clock, Money in the Bank, and then we got like a little reprieve. You can go get something to eat and then come back, and then you had Collision on. But we're going to talk about Money in the Bank. I, I'm just uh, curious. What are all of your thoughts about that? With the 3, 3.30 start time for Eastern, what is your take on all of that for such an event like Money in the Bank? Are you guys no, fans? I, I think that that's great because, again, we have Collision now, so we need that buffer going to be hard during SummerSlam when it's SummerSlam and there's also a collision going on because you know Tony Khan will probably bring it to compete <laughs> with whatever they're going to do. That's true. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of it too. You guys too? Fans? I like it because I, I, by 9.30 I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Yes, yeah. Now I can watch the whole thing during the day. It's great. Yep, I'm with I love you. it. I didn't think More... I was going to like it, but I, I do in fact like the 3 p.m. start time. Yeah, yeah we're going to get a couple more of them coming up in the next couple months, but let's Dive in to the pay-per-view itself. Uh, you started off the show with the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. We all had our predictions, um, but it was Damian Priest at the end of the day winning the men's Money in the Bank match. What are your thoughts on this? We'll start with Brandon. A lot of toyetic attires in this match. Yes, I agree with that. Also, Absolutely. LA Knight over, beyond over, as expected. But You know what? I, was, who, I forget I was talking to Dave this past weekend. And he's just like, I can't believe he's been doing the same exact thing all over, like, Impact and NWA. And, like, <laughs> it's like for the longest time. And he just he, – now he's a star. I'm like, it just – that's the way wrestling is. It's funny like that. Yeah. yeah. It's wild how everything comes kind of uh, full circle-ish. Or at least uh, how it just continues on and on and on. But I thought that this match was incredible. 
my big something that I loved was how you mentioned about LA Knight being so over. I loved not to cut ahead, but I loved the teasing of LA Knight even winning it. But Robert, what do you think? I first of all, like you guys mentioned the attires. I didn't get the memo that this is like a second mania, but the people really <laughs> bought it with the attires and it was good to see and you just mentioned it right now. The the finish of the match itself was one of the most well done false finishes I've ever seen where you really thought, Oh, they might actually give it to LA Knight and the perfect camera shot of Damien Priest grabbing him by the throat and not tonight. But of course there was so much other great stuff. There was that insane Logan Paul ricochet spot. Oh, that that one Spanish fly. That one had me like cringe. I, I know Brandon the same thing and Chris too. Like we were kind of tweet uh, texting each other at the same time. And when that spot happened, I think I know I like let out a gasp. I was like, oh, like, you know, it's one of those moments. I mean, Chris, what did you think? Yeah, that's out of all the notes that I had written down from the Money in the Bank match, I think the one thing was the Logan Paul ricochet spot. Um, Because it just, it could have gone off to be like the coolest spot in the world. But because they just had that like slight turn, it was just like, it was, I was like, he's dead. One of these guys is dead. (laughs) Absolutely. Because it looks like they broke their freaking neck. You know? Now, so. Logan Paul, too, it's like you don't want to give this guy a lot of credit because obviously there's so much there that you can knock him for, but there's also just, all right, he doesn't have to be diving headfirst through a table and he's willing to do this. So you yeah. have to begrudgingly give him that, yeah. like, respect. And I Out of all. I was going to say, I like how they uh, opened the match by just all jumping Logan Paul because obviously he's not the 365 days a year superstar like everyone mm-hmm. else is. So I thought that was a cool aspect of it. But even yeah. with but the, I, when, when he was doing, he, he did so many other moves like that Russian leg sweep that Logan Paul yeah, did yeah. off the, the ladder to LA Knight. I thought that was a really good spot as well. Yeah. Now when it comes to Damian Priest and winning the money in the bank briefcase, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to the men's money in the bank briefcase, like that's going to shoot this guy to like, superstardom now but like you kind of have to look at both world champions they have right now like you have Roman Reigns you can't do anything with Damian Priest and Roman Reigns the only thing you're going to be able to do is with Seth Rollins Mm -hmm. and they started showing that on Monday Night Night Raw this week kind of dissension between the Judgment Day but like the faith that you have in a guy like Damian Priest like this is a guy who was booked to tag team with Big Big Bunny at Wrestlemania then got put in a big match against Bad Bunny at Backlash, it just shows you, like, the faith that they have in this guy to, like, do something impactful within the next year. And yeah. people are yeah. calling Damian Priest's victory a fumble, and I think that's a slap in the face to him, especially after everything he did this year. How can, how, what's the, the... Because the, the fumble is not L.A. Knight. Yeah, but after that, the 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 tag turmoil gauntlet, the chamber match, and of course, like you brought up with Bad Bunny, I think that's a match of the year contender. It's like, how do you call that a fumble? Nah. Right now, LA Knight. I like LA Knight, but until I see otherwise, I think it's very flavor of the week, and it's people are all over this now. But if they give you LA Knight, are you going to turn on LA Knight tomorrow? Because, okay, now we saw it, we want the next thing. So I think Priest showed a lot of, you know, smart, logical, they have faith in this guy, they were going with this guy, they're not going to deviate for, you know, LA Knight because he's getting the pops. Even though those pops are massive, 
who's to say he'll be getting that next year? Look at over an AEW, look at Wardlow. Yeah, that's a good you point. Know? And that's a point and that's a point that me and Brandon talk about a lot when it comes to him. So uh we'll see where Damian Priest uh takes Senor Money in the Bank, I should say. Uh takes the money in the bank briefcase. Uh next up we have new uh, WWE un- Undisputed, whatever it is, because they unified the titles, and that was the only match that this tag team had. Uh, new tag team champions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, pick up the victory over Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, uh, as Shayna Baszler turns on Ronda Rousey. Um, Didn't see that coming. I, I would have never no. in a million years guessed that she was going to turn on her, because there was no, really, there was no tension between the two of them either. They had one match as tag team, and one match as tag team champions. And that was defended to unify the title. So it's a an extremely short run with, a, you know, you think that they the WWE kind of knows what they're doing with these women's tag team titles by unifying them. Maybe something big will happen between Ronda and now. And now it just goes back to Liv and, and Raquel, which, you know. Who never lost it. Who never lost, yeah, who never lost That's it. So true. it's like this whole, it was kind of, this whole the whole run they had was just it was kind of pointless to me i mean the so now the thing is i guess you could call it a transitional champions and stuff but now are we going to have anybody from the nxt tag team division uh get involved with it with how it's now unified there is no a uh, uh, excuse me there is no WWE nxt women's tag I mean, there there's is. no wwe women's tag team division there's there's, there's it's i mean there's tag teams yeah, tag teams, but there's no division. <laughs> right. And all, all the tag teams that they had, they brought up to the main roster because they realized, oh, wait, you know, we have nothing up here for these titles. What are we going to do with them? Boom, there you go. Yeah, like they did the uh, they did the tag turmoil on Raw, and it's just like, so you, you brought in all these women to do, and Sonia and Chelsea are going to beat them all, and don't even worry about the rest of them because this is what we had. This is what you had last month. It's what you'll have next month. The women's tag titles, I think, were a great idea. And I think there's a fear in casting them aside altogether because of the backlash they'll get. But sometimes I think you're better off calling a spade a spade and just sort of saying, hey, we tried. It didn't work. Let's create two women's mid-card titles. Yeah. No, champions. I agree with you on that one. You know, just moving away from tag teams because they don't really care. And it's obvious. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Liv Morgan, though, I believe is the only person to pin Ronda Rousey more than once. Now uh, three times. Three times, yeah. That's wow. a pretty crazy that's, stat. That's amazing for Liv, too, because honestly, like, maybe Charlotte gets that, maybe Becky gets that. No, it doesn't even look like, if you believe some of the reporting of Dave Meltzer, that we're going to get a Becky match with Ronda or a Charlotte rematch with Ronda. It seems like Charlotte, uh, Ronda might be on her way out. And mm-hmm. apparently rumors on the alleged news sites, news with the Z, um, say that she has a hard out and it's probably going to be SummerSlam. So I saw somebody, I, uh, some websites saying that she might be going back to the UFC. I doubt that I, very highly. Yeah, I, I can't, can't see, see that happening. I That's can't like, see that happening either. <laughs> yeah, so. I can't. No. All right, so new women's champions. Uh, after this, you had Gunther successfully defend his... Intercontinental Championship against Riddle via submission, working the leg, talking the story about, you know, them injuring Matt Riddle's leg here. Uh, so the second longest champion uh, in WWE right now at 390 days rolls on. I would have yeah. liked to have seen the, the bum ankle come into play a lot sooner than it did. But when it did actually come into play, I thought it was like 
well done. There were like little teases here and there throughout the match, but towards that end, mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, and that's when he started working on it. So. Even Gunter chopping Matt Riddle's ankle. We, I, when was the last time we saw somebody chop an ankle? Yeah, uh, and, and I, just never. to see Gunter on this sort of a role. I mean, I, I didn't think he was going to lose to Riddle. But, I mean, it's just incredible to see that Gunter is just doing what he's doing right now. I mean, Robert, what's your take on Gunter? Oh, he's the best in the world. He's <laughs> absolutely... He is somebody who has brought prominence to the Intercontinental Championship, which has its peaks and valleys, but I think Triple H, if he could do nothing else, was going to make sure that the mid-card titles had prominence, and Gunther is the top guy on Raw outside of Seth Rollins, and honestly, it looks like he's going to break the Honky Tonk Man's record, and he should, because that's existed for far too long. 100%. Yeah, agreed. But Drew McIntyre showed up afterwards, and uh, Gunther shoved him. And McIntyre hit that Glasgow kiss and the Claymore. So we're on to the next feud. Seems like that sets up SummerSlam. I know. There's been a lot of uh, internet rumbling saying that Drew McIntyre might not be around anymore or for that much longer. But it looks like uh, he's around. Yeah, apparently him and Triple H have been always texting each other, joking about that, being like, can you believe that they're saying this? And at the end of the day, he's not going anywhere. But just like Robert, just like how you mentioned the buildup of the IC title, I mean... Now Drew McIntyre is going for the IC title. I mean, I think that having these wrestlers competing for the IC championship, I think it's incredible. Yeah, I do too. I think Gunther, Sheamus, and McIntyre had the best intercontinental title match I've seen at WrestleMania in years. And a singles match between the two of them should be no different. Except again, I'm going to say if McIntyre beats Gunther, I'm going to, that's the fumble. <laughs> I, that's, that's the fumble. The fumble. Yes, there it is. I agree. Especially because yeah. I need Sheamus to become Intercontinental Champion, so yes. I and I would I would a hundred percent hope for Gunter to very much so surpass Honky Tonk Man's record. Oh yeah, he's sure. got to make it to September eighth, I believe, is the date, and he's not that far off. I think if he gets past um, McIntyre, he should be in the clear. All right, then Perfect. he then he All just right. loses to Sheamus. I mean, they are going to be in Detroit at SummerSlam, so hopefully they don't have a Lions-esque fumble uh, when it it comes to Guther's intercontinental title reign. Um, Next up, Super Duper Over Cody defeats Super Duper Hated Dom in a a nice match of two. Like, that's the one thing I was like, I was sitting there watching the match, I'm like, man, Cody's so over. And then, like, Dom comes out, I'm like, wow, they really just, it's like so, such a contrast between the two. So it's like it was a it was a, a great atmosphere yeah. for the match. What what I like with uh, Dominic is it's also he's not going for cheap heat. Like the way that he got nuclear, it's not cheap. You know, it was a huge storyline with him and his dad and then building it up, building it up, building it up and now he is just it's fun to just give him that nuclear heat now where fans are just buying into the nuclear heat of Dominic. And it's just so much fun. And this matchup, having like such a uber baby face with Cody Rhodes, with such a nuclear heat, just a wrestler with Dominic. I was really loving this match. I mean, the pop that he got for just taking off his cast. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I'm going to be honest, I think that, again, you talk about fumbles. Cody Rhodes should be world champion right now. I don't think there's anything they've done with the bloodline that is desperately needed the world title to be involved 
Yeah, uh, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, but that's look, why they brought. That's why they have the world heavyweight title now. But it's cool that Ga Uso pinned Roman, but you could have done that without that needing to be the first time he got pinned. I think it hurts Cody's story, but luckily the fans are still with him. My fear is that they won't be by the time that they're actually ready to strap him up. I'm just glad that Lesnar didn't appear here because I thought Lesnar might jump in, Dom might get the win. That's true. But they went with the clean win of Cody beats the detestable Dom. They took forever to end this segment. So I thought Brock was like 100% showing up. And I saw a lot of people saying like, oh, Brock is going to be at this premium live event. Right. And and I was just waiting because they, they took forever to, to end it. I was like, oh, he's going to show up. And then thank God he didn't. And by the way, it is now officially Dirty Dom. I guess phenomenal. Which is yes. so good for him. Dirty Dom. I feel bad for Dirty Danko. Yeah. <laughs> Gimmick infringement there, brother. Um, after this, we were supposed to get the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. However, we were cut off by the returning John Cena making his return to WWE uh, for the first time since WrestleMania uh, and coming out and the crowd just loving him. It was great. Yeah, crowd ate him pretty, up. I mean, John Cena. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, John Cena to me, he's up there as a goat. You know, with pro wrestling, uh, he is the modern to us. He is that modern day Hulk Hogan figure that has transcended uh, just media. And yeah, but he's, he's got more talent than Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's got more everything. <laughs> yeah, way, way. Friend. He has. I feel like John Cena. Is, I would love to see Hulk Hogan do like a, a code. Oh yeah, I know. No, John Cena <laughs> is the bar for pro wrestlers. I feel. Yeah, but yeah, yeah Cena I'm... came out and uh, they were beyond electric for him. But it was just basically him saying he wants to bring WrestleMania to London and the fans should make noise. So there's like a. I feel like that's where it gets like political, where they're like. Well, if you guys want WrestleMania, you got to make that offer and increase the offer more and more. I well, that's what it's 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 the wrestling business, not the wrestling friendship. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I I think that we're I think that this was only a sign of them getting WrestleMania at some point. Maybe yeah. it's not maybe twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven, but I do feel that next year they will be announcing WrestleMania going over there. I mean, same same thing when like when they were in uh, Puerto Rico. Just when you hear a crowd like that go so just loud and react to the wrestling and stuff, I feel like it brings us fans more involved and into that wrestling match, that entire event. It becomes more just inclusive for everybody and just gets us all on the same page of just loving pro wrestling. Yeah, no, I understand about that. It was weird, though, that you have John Cena for 10 minutes talk about... (laughs) Yeah, they don't really like you. They think you make too much noise. Well, like, at some point, it's like, okay, what's the hard sell here? And then Triple H, during the post-show press conference, said, yeah, you put me in the unenviable position. A lot of people feel like they won't pull the trigger. I think this was, hey, we see that All Out is selling 70,000 seats. We'll consider coming and just continue to make that noise. In case we ever do decide, why not? I wasn't, mean, I mean, wasn't there a bid though for Clash of the Castle, and and they they got outbid by by Cardiff, right? That's what happened. Yeah, hey, listen. But when, I think there's a specific like we don't want Clash at the Castle 
We want mania. Yeah, right. and they, and they they deserve a WrestleMania after all this time. Let's face it. I mean, we've been saying it on the podcast for a while, but they they deserve to have a WrestleMania event over there. I feel like the biggest thing that were that was making me and me specifically hesitant was the time aspect. But now that we have such the, earl, the such events earlier in the night in the day and it being okay, I'm totally all about it. I think it would be incredible. Yeah, like uh, imagine a WrestleMania on a Saturday and Sunday at like three o'clock. Like, oh, what a freaking party you can have for that! Yes. Event. Like that's gonna be a lot of fun. Do gimmick like gimmick food and stuff like that. Brandon can cook to Jair's barbecue sauce. There you, you know, go. Oh, yeah, awesome. But there was but then, a second half of this segment that had uh, Grayson Waller come out, basically yes. also trying to lobby for WrestleMania to go to a better country, <laughs> a better place such as Australia. Loved it, <laughs> and I thought you they can't. had some really good back and forth there. And I was kind of expecting for Austin Theory and Pretty Deadly to be interrupting instead of Grayson Waller, but. It was nice to have Waller, and it seems like he no longer has a broken leg, like I said last week. And, yeah, I was uh, going to say, he didn't have his cast or anything. Yeah, he ended up attacking John Cena, and John Cena had that comeback and uh, went out on top. Hey, I... Yeah, and a, a smart move, too, because we have seen Cena lose a lot. I, I don't love what Cena's doing now, where he can literally just come in say, yeah, I'm going to lose to Austin Theory, and they're still not going to care about Austin Theory, and then it happens. But I'm glad that we're still getting any of John Cena, because he is that Yeah, and, and, I, yeah. and just to add to that, I do love that and John... to the show, too. Yeah, yeah, but something that... Just to add to that, I love that John Cena gets it. Especially with the younger talent with, like, Austin Theory, Grayson Waller, uh, just putting over, and being even involved in segments with the new talent, the new breed. I think... I, I love it. There's it's a like, story that I always remember. Sorry to cut you off, Brandon. Uh, Enzo Mori always talks about it. He says, he's like, yeah, he's like, I was greener. You know, I went out and did a, a squash match. And then afterwards, John Cena's like, oh, I want you to come out and do a dark, uh, a dark segment with me. Him and Cass. And that's how him and Cass got, like, their foot, like, on TV more. Because Cena let them come out and do their shtick during his promo. Exactly. I mean, look you at know? everything that happened with Matt Cardona back when, with Zack Ryder and John Cena, too. Yeah. Same thing. It's just John Cena gets it. And I was going to say, I think it was cool during the pandemic when they were in the performance center filming everything. He stayed for 205 Live. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That, he didn't have to do that. It seems like he gets it. And it also seems like he's learned from some of the mistakes. Like, he knows that the Cardona thing didn't work out the way people wanted it to or that people blame him for the failure of the Nexus. So, yeah, I think he's trying to make good along the way. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Uh, after the segment, you had Io Sky wins the women's Money in the Bank ladder match uh, in maybe one of the most clever endings to a ladder match uh, I've ever seen. Because you have Becky Lynch get handcuffed in the earlier in the match because she's having this big feud with Trish Stratus and they're trying to keep her out of the ring. End of the match, she's Bailey and and um, uh, Becky Lynch climbing up. Io comes out of nowhere, handcuffs them together, and climbs over both of them. It's genius. Loved it. I was like, this yes. is like this is a, a fantastic ending. There was like thought to this. It was clever. Uh, and now Eos guys, your women's money in the bank chip uh, ladder, uh, whatever. Game of Calder. Yeah, there was the so much in this match that I liked. I loved like everybody in this match had a storyline with each other. I loved how Trish Stratus, uh, Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, and Zoe Stark played out during that entire match. I loved Selena Vega's impact in the match. 
Bailey and Io were having to work with each other, but also against each other. I mean, you had Bailey. Uh, I believe it was Bailey that knocked her off, right? On one mm-hmm. of the attempts. Yeah. So. Yes. And you saw her face too afterwards. She was just like, I really shouldn't have done that, right? But she did it, you know. Yeah. All's uh, all's lo- no love, all war, and a money in the bank uh, ladder match. Yeah, but Zelina, yeah, I- Zelina seemed like uh, maybe she was paying tribute to Andrade with that sunset flip off the top onto mm-hmm. the bridge and ladder. Commentary called it the, the code red, but I don't. I think it was just straight up sunset flip. It was a sunset flip, but I think it's cool that they're saying code yes, red. Yes, a hundred percent. The fact that you know, I mean, they mentioned amazing too. red too. Yeah, like yeah. a good ending. I'm glad for EO. I think. Zoe could have used it a little more. I think you could have had a little fun with Trish. You could have put but it think... on anybody in that match. Oh yeah, and it would have. And they, it, that 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 woman's brief, briefcase would have had legs to yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I still um... would have liked to have seen Shotzi involved, but yeah, especially I, I, after I, what happened on SmackDown last week, I thought for sure we were going to see her like run down to maybe try and stop damage control, but that didn't happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I also thought that we might see Lita, like Lita pushes Trish off a ladder. Yeah. They haven't really explained yet whether or not Lita, you know, is she coming back for vengeance or is she done? Yeah. But I think that could have been a nice one. That's look. true. Something that I really do love is in the press conference, you had EO Sky with Bailey. But now they're back on the same page, and they were talking. Like, of course, the reporters asked them about if there's any tension between them, and they're like, "No, we we both. This is our like briefcase damage control is the holder, you know." And Bailey's going with it. She's like, "Yeah, no, I hold and I'm holding this, and she's holding the briefcase." And then EO involved in there. I thought it was hilarious. I think we're gonna get a lot of good storytelling, but a lot of good TV segments with EO and Bailey specifically. Yeah, and I think. There's a, there's a lot of good uh, SummerSlam matches you could have for the briefcase if you want to go that route. Yeah, I think EO will be champion. Maybe she's a quick champion Survivor Series ish. I hope not. You know, Rumble ish. No, I hope she holds it for awesome. a few months at least. Yep. So next up after this, World Heavyweight Championship was defended successfully by Seth Rollins, who defeated uh, Finn Balor. Uh, so Seth uh, is your fighting champion again, and has a I thought nice uh, good match here with Finn. Yeah, Finn Balor. Almost, almost came out as the winner in this, but Damian Priest coming out and unfortunately distracting Finn Balor, you know, uh, unintentionally, of course. He was trying to go out there and distract Seth Rollins, which would be kind of different because then what? Is he going to cash in on Finn Balor? But I do love this aspect because this is actually why. So I predicted that Damian Priest was going to win the money in the bank. Because of this storyline with Damian Priest and Finn Balor now, with the involvement of Seth Rollins, but with the involvement of Judgment Day altogether, I feel like you have a ton going on right there. Yeah, I think, um, I honestly think you could even have Dom versus Rollins. I think you could do Rollins versus Judgment Day at SummerSlam in a four-way, and there's just this question of, you know, who's going to step aside for who? Will Damian cash in on Finn? Unfortunately, outside of that, I didn't really think the the outcome of the match was in question. Like, this is Seth yeah, Rollins' sure. yeah. title to make something of it because, you know, they need to make up some ground because of Roman. But obviously, great match, and it's great to see Finn in a position like this. Agreed. Brandon, your thoughts? I like the match. <laughs> That's it. Like All right, match. great. Main event time. You had the Bloodline Civil War. I watched Captain America uh, Civil War, actually, uh, yesterday morning. Still fantastic. Such a good movie. Uh, 
I know it is. Uh, we went back and watched like all the uh, Spider Mans this week, so That's cool. I had to watch. You have to watch Civil War. Um, Jay Jay Uso pins Roman Reigns. This is the first time Roman Reigns has been pinned in over three years as Uso successfully defeat Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Um, the pop for the outcome of this match was awesome. I thought Michael Cole's call. At the end of this match was awesome as well. Um, the match itself was good. I have no complaints. I like. You know, it continues on this very, very the feud of the year, the storyline of the year, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you, this is this match was all about. So, Brandon, I'm sorry. I like them including Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn right before the match started. They had them up in the the skybox or whatever, mm. just to interview them and get their like their take and. It's funny because Sammy was just excited to see the demise of Roman Reigns. So I think that added a, a pre-match aspect to it as well. Yeah, It added to the hype of the match. Yeah. The match itself, though, I thought was yeah, done... it started out slow and took, for me, took time to heat up. But, I mean, three premium live events in a row, or not in a row, but three premium live events of 2023 had tag team main events and that's i think kind of surreal yeah that's a big change awesome. rob what... but they're all really involved with Roman right Reigns, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah yeah what do you think robert okay rob I, I thought this was a phenomenal match this was a fun story arguably the crowd added to it or, or detracted depending on how you feel specifically about some of the chants i think it gave that appearance that there's nowhere in the world you'd rather be than in this crowd at this moment. And it just really, they told the perfect story. And now it comes down to Roman has fallen to the exact same thing he did Jay three years ago, punch the balls and then, you know, finisher. So who steps up? Is it a one-on-one with Jay? Is it a four-way? I'm kind of leaning towards a four-way. I think... Maybe you slink by and put Solo Sokoa in the driver's seat. But I'm excited to see where this goes. The world exploded to see Roman finally get pinned. I just don't think in a one-on-one match it translates as well. I don't know. Does Jay actually have a shot at beating Roman? Is that where this was going all along? You know, it's it's very exciting. I mean, I definitely agree. I think I was totally excited by this match and everything with it because all of us love this storyline that's taking place. And you brought up something that was very important. That crowd, their amount of hate towards Roman Reigns with the, what it was, uh, if you hate Roman Reigns, stand up. And everybody is just standing up in the crowd. And to the point where Roman Reigns reacts to them and sits down, and then they change the adjust the chant to "If you hate Roman Reigns, sit down." And <laughs> it, it, it was just so hilarious. It was so much fun. The end of the match was great. I love the involvement of Solo Sokoa as well, uh, going through the table, pretty much taking himself out of the match and leaving just Jimmy and Jay to finish Roman Reigns off. I love the counter to the spear as well where Roman Reigns was going to go for the spear, but instead he gets hit with a double spear. There's, yeah, there's yeah. so much from this match. And then just uh, with the painful, apparently I have to rewatch it, but apparently Roman Reigns says to him, I love you during the pinfall. And Oh, no way. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. It, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. It also lines up almost uh, perfectly to Jay giving Roman Reigns his first defeat on the main roster. 
I thought you were about to say it perfectly lines up with some sort of Taylor Swift song. No. <laughs> Speak Now is out. If you listen to Speak Taylor's now version. Speak Now is out right now. <laughs> listen to Speak Now's entirety. Speak Now, Taylor's version, yes. With six As it turns out, that's all about Roman Reigns. <laughs> Man, she wrote I, it years in advance. I, I think I think that's something that's really cool is like how just huge this storyline is with even with Roman Reigns saying I love you where there was an interview the other day I was telling Chris but with Jacob Fatu and he was being interviewed and the interviewer asked him what are what's his take on the bloodline storyline right now and apparently he started just cr- like pretty much in tears talking about the storyline and how much it meant to him and his family and just to hear that sort of emotion an emotional response and connection to this storyline, even for them personally, the Samoan dynasty and everything, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And that whole family, like, it's always been known that they were a dynasty, but I think this storyline has forever changed the way you look at them. Yeah. It's no longer just The Rock. It's it's that entire bloodline, and it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. It's it's one of those things where you knew about the Samoan dynasty, but you never really – you had to, like, remind people, be like, oh, yeah, no, they're cousins of this person and this person. But right. now everybody knows about the bloodline. Yep, absolutely. I like so, when, uh, when Roman Reigns, earlier in the day for Money in the Bank, tweeted out the picture of him stacking up Edge and Daniel Bryan. At WrestleMania, and I'm like, why now? Why would he post that? <laughs> and in this match, he stacked up Jimmy and Jay just like he did at WrestleMania, and I thought that was a cool callback to that. Yeah, he mentioned yeah. apparently he said that in the promo too that he was going to stack them up and pin them yeah. one, two, three. And I, I agree with you that part where he stacked them up and went for that one, two, three, but it was not the three. I agree with you; it was just well written all around. Yeah, and it's it's one of the few times where the let it play out cliche has paid off. Yes. And I'm glad that we've let it all play out with the book. Yeah. I just yeah, wish absolutely. that WWE would submit for the Emmys. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I agree. Oh, they, it's not, not for lack of trying, trust me. <laughs> Come on. So, all in all, fantastic Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Uh, fantastic crowd. Uh, fantastic 3 p.m. start time. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we are going to bid Robert adieu now, as I know. Very sorry about that. Uh, but, Rob, uh, Robert, before uh, we let you go, uh, tell everybody that's listening, you know, what are your social media handles? Tell us a little bit about what you do with Fightful and everything like that. So I've been writing for Fightful now for about four years, all in all in wrestling media for about the last five years. You can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. That's D-U-D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E. And a lot of what I do day to day is just, you know, gathering the news, trying to, you know, get whatever scoops other people drop. Thankfully, I work for, and I don't think I'm blowing smoke here when I say Sean Ross Sapp has become the most credible journalist out there. So it is kind of nice to be lumped into that and ride that wave. And uh, honestly, like, it's cool to see you guys still doing this. You know what I mean? Because it was a long time ago and a lot of podcasts come and go. I know I tried to start like five of them. <laughs> so like it's it's cool that you guys are still doing this. And as a New Yorker myself, I'll always have big love for you guys. And yeah, I 
I hope to be back here sometimes. Yes, for sure. And I just want to say thank you, Robert, so much for your support over the years. I mean, from the very beginning to currently, we really, really, truly, we love you. We appreciate you. Um, And really, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you guys, too. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up and uh, maybe grab some pizza one of these days. Yes. Absolutely. Pizza is great. Something else that was pretty good was some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Opened up with Seth freaking Rollins recapping Money in the Bank. And then he moved on or went to move on to SummerSlam. But Cody Rhodes came out. And just as Cody went to speak, out comes the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. And uh, Cody ran out of the ring, darted up the ramp, brawled with Brock Lesnar. Cody actually hit a a Cody cutter on Brock, and it looked fantastic. Brock Lesnar totally selling this and just, like, jumping into this as he should, and it was perfect. Yeah, and Brock actually backed off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a very strong opportunity for Cody Rhodes against Brock Lesnar, and I think that it was a solid way to open up Monday Night Raw after Money in the Bank. Cody was interviewed later on. Like, they had the the re-entrance of Cody Rhodes, which is something that they did uh, a few weeks ago, I think, which I, I don't, I really don't get them. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like an old-school vibe when they would do interviews on the stage but at the same sense i don't understand why cody has to like come out again later on just to say that he'll fight brock lester any night every night mm-hmm. so but back on track after commercial break from the opening segment seth rollins started speaking again and the judgment day came out damian priest spoke about all the times that he could potentially cash in and Seth said he was going to leave but then they said Dominic's ready for a fight and Seth had the the fans decide whether or not Seth Rollins should be facing Dominic and the fans agreed yeah the fans agreed so that gets set up for the main event but yeah Damian Priest was already out there. He went on to his match, the first match of Monday Night Raw, picking up the victory over Nakamura. Yeah, very uh, solid match, but Damian Priest, you had to go in expecting that he was going to come out picking up the victory during this one. Yeah, and I thought it was a fun match. I liked the spot where Nakamura was ringside, and he blew a kiss to Rhea Ripley, Mm -hmm. and Dominic ran to catch it and then threw it back in the ring. Yeah, I thought that was very clever. But yeah, like you said, a clever spot to do. It was it was an obvious thing that Priest would get the win here. Um, yeah, after this, next up you had Ronda. Yeah, Ronda Rousey in the ring cutting a promo based off of what took place at Money in the Bank, where Shayna Baszler turned on her. So Ronda Rousey, uh, Ronda Rousey was out there, but she was interrupted by Shayna Baszler. And Shayna Baszler with a mic drop on Ronda Rousey. I mean, talking about how she's been there the entire time and she's not planning on leaving and everything. And I thought this was great fuel for the fire between them. And that she's the reason why Ronda Rousey's even in a wrestling ring. Which is, I mean, we did 
know that Shayna Baszler was working independent shows way before Ronda Rousey was training to become a pro wrestler. Yeah, I mean, we saw that. Um, but yeah, but I think Shayna awesome. Baszler, yeah, Shayna Baszler, I think is so much better on the mic than Ronda Rousey. And we 100%. saw we saw Ronda Rousey um, kick Shayna Baszler off the apron, and then Shayna Baszler took over and hit that huge knee to Ronda Rousey's head. Whether or not they want Shayna Baszler to be the heel here or not, I don't know. But the fans were super behind Shayna Baszler. Yeah, I I don't think that they. I think that Shane is going to be the face in this, as Ronda Rousey is the heel in this. It just seems but like I think it seems like uh-huh. the heel thing to do that, like to beat up your own opponent, uh, your own yeah, tag but, team I mean, partner. Even I mean, still, she's still going to be totally over and play off as the fan favorite. Well, I mean, whether or not that's what WWE wants, we we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I, mm. I don't think anybody's going to be booing Shayna Baszler. And I think that's huge for, I know, for her. But yeah, I agree. Talking about the tag team, the women's tag team championships and everything, there was a number one contenders uh, turmoil match where Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville picked up the victory over Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox, Emma and Nikki Cross, and Katana Chance and Caden Carter to get that number one contendership match. Um, very excited to see that. I mean... Let's just say that they cleaned up the entire house, too. They lasted the entire time. But in this match, I feel like they should have really just had... I know Emma's been a heel, but we have not really seen Emma on TV. I feel like she should have... I really want her to be back with Dana Brooke as a tag team. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised to see the way lose very quickly. And then Nikki yeah, cost only a minute thirty. Nikki cost that uh, her and uh, and Emma. Dana, uh, yeah, Emma, because she tagged out and went to go check on Candice LeRae. But yeah. I think Emma still got a lot more moves on af- uh, a lot more moves in after that than I expected. But. This match, part of it, you had Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox lose during the commercial break. We haven't seen Tegan I, Knox on TV in, in forever. That's such a poor decision to have anything happen during the commercial break, unless it's because time constraints are in the fact or played into factor. But it's one of those avoidable concepts that I hate when I need, when they do it. I know there were those rumors that they wanted to put Team Kick back together, so. Maybe after Dakota Kai is all healed up, we'll see mm-hmm. something happen with Kai and Tegan Knox and, and damage control, like, split or whatever. But the last team in this was Katana Chance and Caden Carter, and there were those those little spots, like uh, uh, Katana Chance, she slipped on that moonsault, but I think she, she got up right away and recovered it. Mm-hmm. Spot of the night, I think, on Monday Night Raw was that Hurricane Rana from Katana Chance. That was was really good. Off the top rope to Chelsea Green, who was on top of Caden Carter's shoulders while she was sat on the the middle rope. 
or sat on the the top rope, I should say. I thought that mm-hmm. was a, a fantastic spot. Yeah, that was a solid uh, solid spot for sure. After that, we had Becky Lynch basically just wanting an end with her and Trish Stratus, so she called Trish out. Trish came out wearing a face mask, like we've seen back in the day when she was a heel, because apparently Becky Lynch broke her face at Money in the Bank. Yeah, I, I really like this factor. Definitely another throwback to classic Trish Stratus. And because Trish Stratus was no longer cleared to wrestle, even though she was back then, uh, Becky Lynch threw out a challenge to Zoe Stark. And I think uh, I think overall this was a good segment. They had some good back and forth. They acted like Zoe was about to go fight Becky Lynch, and they walked it back and said next week. Yeah, next week. I mean, at the current time, Trish Stratus actually just remembered that she has a doctor's appointment. And she's not able to, they're not able to be there right now. So yeah, she so had to go Trish, to the doctor's Trish appointment. Trish Stratus had next like week. a 9.30 p.m. doctor's appointment. <laughs> I thought that was Yeah, funny. I mean, yeah. But next up you had a super continued over Alpha Academy picking up the victory over Viking Raiders. I got to say, I love the entire thank you with the three of them. Crowds eating it totally up. They had uh, earlier in the night, they were training Maxine, so she was learning a headlock. And this match, even before she got into the ring, they, the crowd was going crazy for Alpha Academy. The The pop yeah. that Otis got for the Caterpillar was fantastic. And then even the crowd, like you were saying with uh, the thank you, they they were doing a thank you with Chad Gable. And they yeah. did it even louder with Maxine later on. But I thought this was like definition sports entertainment here. Obviously, I Maxine's agree. moveset was very basic, but it's clearly working in her favor for this story. She's learning the mm-hmm. headlock. She learned that suplex. She learned the other moves the other week. So she gets to use that, and the crowd was eating it up. It was such a like a basic ending, and the crowd loved it. And I feel like people would typically boo everything that happened in that match. Mm-hmm. So I'm just glad that they didn't. And I can say that I was 100% sports entertained with that segment. Yeah, I don't see any problem with that match at all. But next up you had backstage Ricochet being interviewed about the entire altercation that took place between him and Logan Paul, uh, which was very cool how after Money in the Bank, after their match, they just kept on brawling and brawling and brawling, had to be separated from each other. But Ricochet is ready to go out after Logan Paul, and I think that they were going to be face-to-face next week, right? Yeah, he challenged him to show up next week. Yeah, challenged him to show up next week, and I think it's impending that... SummerSlam, we're going to get Ricochet with Logan Paul, and I will put the bets out there right now. Match of the night. Um, What do you think? I don't know if it's going to be match of the night. I won't say that, but I'm sure I will be enjoying that match. I'll say say top top three most entertained. (laughs) I think they're going to give us like a big moment like they did at the Royal Rumble. I mean, yeah. They'll certainly be more aware of what they're doing after what happened at Money in the Bank. Yeah, and I, I think agree even with you. that that brawl, I feel like it looked real. 
It mm-hmm. didn't look like a, a typical wrestling. Yes, they were hitting with their forearms and whatnot, but it didn't look like the typical pro wrestling thing. I mean, which may sense. actually be, which may actually play factor into Logan Paul not really being a pro wrestler. So maybe it's just, I mean, it's just a good transition for this guy, and I'm all for it. After but. that, we saw Rhea Ripley pick up the victory over Natalia to retain the championship. Um, Natty attacked Rhea Ripley during Rhea's entrance. Uh, and I feel like it was, it's been a bit since we've seen Natalia like this. It didn't feel like a yeah. normal woman's match that we've seen in recent history. It was hard hitting. Yeah, this match overall, it was ent- it was very entertaining for me. I was totally glued for this matchup. I thought that they had so many incredible spots. I mean, that one spot where Rhea Ripley was going for the frog splash, uh, a la Dirty Dom, uh, doing the frog splash from the top rope, and then Natalia just kicking her right in the face, and then... You had the tease of the finale where Natalia was hitting the running power slam uh, courtesy of British Bulldog and then locking in the sharpshooter and Ray Ripley getting to the ropes to break up that sharpshooter. And it's interesting so that the ma- fans were – they weren't booing Natty. They were yeah, cheering no, They was- were cheering Rhea, but they were not booing Natty, which I was kind of expecting. They cheered the sharpshooter and uh, – and yeah, I just thought it was, even that that one spot where um, Natty was running into the corner and Rhea Ripley caught her with her legs to headbutt her. Yeah, I thought that was a really good spot. Yeah, they they did a lot of awesome stuff during this match. I was very very impressed. But then afterwards, Rhea Ripley continued the attack on Natalia, and the tag team champions ran down, made the save. So. Even though they are tag team champions, it still looks like they're all signs point to Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley. Yeah. We saw Rhea go face-to-face with EO backstage later on. And Rhea told her, it'll be the biggest mistake of your life if you try it. As in cash in the money in the bank contract on her. So I liked that aspect of that as well. Mm-hmm. We had, I agree. We had Champa cut a, a, a video promo, basically saying that it, it seemed like a Spark is back with with the Miz, and the Miz responded later on with a super fired up promo, and he said that the last person who called him a coward is gone, which the internet lost their mind over. Miz got so much hate over that comment because the last person to call him the coward who's gone. Is Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. Now explain that. Why was there like hate? That's just the AEW tribalism thing. But like, for like, <laughs> I don't, they I can't understand it. that it's story. Like, do they understand that it's storyline and like Miz and Daniel Bryan are actually like friendly and stuff like that? I don't know like, if do they're they actually friendly. This? Every time we hear them talk, they say they hate each other. So who knows? 
Yeah, but people are just so I don't know. People don't understand how things work at times. I think even I uh, think that this was. I think fans were even thing. kind of like upset with the Roman Reigns spot where he did the the, the stackum. Why? Because Daniel Bryan was part of that spot. You can't. You can't mention. So you can't mention. <laughs> There's so many fans out there that I just don't even want to listen to or deal with. <laughs> I, I like at all. Like I just don't understand that. But there was something with the Miz promo that I didn't like. I'm not too sure what, but I have a I feel like I just heard some of his promo elsewhere. I don't know if it was the Cody Rhodes promo the week before or I I just feel like something resonated or some verbiage was said where I was just like I I feel like within the last few weeks, the exact same thing was said by somebody else. And I don't know, it kind of threw me off a little bit. But Well, it's leading to a no DQ match next week on Monday Night Raw. Uh, but next up, Riddle picked up the victory over Giovanni Vinci. Uh, Matt Riddle coming out as the winner on this one. but It didn't last long. I mean, the match itself. It, yeah, it really it, didn't it last Matt long. Riddle. We yeah. like Vinci worked on Matt Riddle's bad ankle, but outside of that, we saw That's Imperium it. jump Matt Riddle after the fact, and Drew McIntyre made the save. So, like yeah. we already said, it's very clearly going to be Drew McIntyre versus Gunter at SummerSlam. Yeah, agreed. Next up is your main event of the evening: Seth Rollins picking up the victory over Dirty Dumb. But it was by DQ. Disqualification. I, the big story here was that Finn Balor had been missing all night. And the, the Judgment Day hadn't seen Finn Balor. So, will Finn Balor show up during this match? And you expect maybe Finn Balor to show up and cost Seth Rollins the match. But it was actually Damian Priest... Who got in the ring and attacked Seth Rollins and caused that DQ. Yeah. Before that happened, I thought the match was going fine. I never, in that whole situation, I didn't think Damian Priest was going to be cashing in like commentary was saying. It just didn't Mm -hmm. feel like a cash-in moment. Okay. Even when Dominic told him to. Of course, I I agree with you on that. Yeah. But Balor did show up, and he knocked Seth Rollins into Damian Priest. So that led to Damian Priest and Finn Balor arguing again. And Dominic tried to get them to stop, and then he went to also try and stop Seth Rollins, and he ate a pedigree on the outside. Hmm. All because... I, I, I actually was a big fan of this. I loved how... Dirty Dom was trying to, like, break them up and settle everybody in uh, Judgment Day. But in doing so, everybody was so just doing their own thing that Dirty Dom went after Seth Rollins on his own, getting out of the ring, and then gets hit with that pedigree by just trying to stay on top of Seth Rollins, and nobody else is on the same page. I actually really... 100%, because Finn Balor and Priest lost sight of what what the focus was. I really like that Dirty Dom still maintained his focus, but well, you're loving so, that nickname, huh? Uh, dude, Dirty Dom, let it ride. 
<laughs> That's Monday Night Raw moving over to NXT where we saw Blair Davenport in the opening match pick up the victory over Roxanne Perez. Roxanne attacked Blair during her entrance. I thought the match itself was decent. I liked that double stomp from from Blair Davenport off the apron to Roxanne's back. Outside of that, I don't really have much else to say about it. It yeah. wasn't like, oh my god, this was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we saw. I agree with you. We saw a video promo from Baron Corbin, basically saying that he's killing his past to move on to the future, and then he burned a bunch of stuff, including his crown. So I don't know where this yeah. is going to really lead big, to. I mean, I was a big fan of that too. I like that he burnt it down. I like that he got rid of his past. It was a lot of symbolism as to how he's transformed. It's a new Baron Corbin. Yeah, but does that mean that the lone wolf is also burned and gone? Don't look into it that much. We just, I mean, we just got that back. He burned the vest. So I don't know. I don't know where we see What's next for Baron Corbin? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's very true, very true. But next up, you had Mustafa Ali picking up the victory over Tyler Bate. Um, this match, you know, I love, I keep on feeling, I love that Mustafa Ali is on NXT. And I love that he's on there pretty much weekly. Yeah, and I thought they had a really good match. There were a lot of good counters in this match. Like when Mustafa mm-hmm. Ali was up in that airplane spin, he countered it with a DDT. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And then Mustafa Ali challenged Wesley for the, the championship at the Great American Bash. Mm-hmm. So we'll see that match. After that, we saw Kalani Jordan picking up the victory over Tatum Paxley. This was Kalani's first TV singles match. She was in the Battle Royal a few weeks ago. For the number one contendership for the women's championship. But Dana Brooke was ringside with, with Jordan here. And I thought overall it was a good first singles like TV match for her. She got to show yeah. off her athletic background. The, the gymnast uh, side of her. So mm-hmm. I like that. She reversed a, a suplex with a stunner. The, the ending, it was a bit abrupt. So I, I would have liked more for the ending of that. But overall I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought that it was a pretty solid way to go about it. And then Cora Jade came out afterwards and said that um, any friend of Dana Brooks is an enemy of hers, basically. So Kalani challenged her to a match on the spot, and Cora Jade, she wasn't even in gear, so she turned it down. I'm sure we'll see that match take place maybe next week. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would assume so. We had a Chase U segment where all the students welcomed back Andre Chase, and he recognized Duke Hudson for stepping up in his absence. And he also recognized Thea Hale as the should-be women's champion. They, they mentioned that they all saw Tiffany Stratton tap out. And then he moved on to Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. I thought the segment... As always with Chase U, I thought it was funny, and and also it got its point across. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it did it, it, it's, it did its reason, you know? After that, though, we saw Eddie Thorpe pick up the victory over Damon Kemp in an NXT Underground match. This, I mean, I was actually kind of surprised by it. I didn't expect it all to go as planned as well I didn't as expect it, did. it to be out in the crowd like that. Oh, you, it was, okay. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. was a taped show. I quickly, as soon as the show began, I saw somebody in the same exact, like, t-shirt in the same spot. I was like, oh, this is a taped show. Mm-hmm. But Gable Steveson was ringside for this, giving Eddie Thorpe some pointers. It had the essence of Raw Underground. But like I said, it was in front of the live crowd. And they were able to fight ringside. And I didn't really get them being allowed to fight ringside because I feel like the point of Raw Underground was to fight in the ring. Yeah. Like, I feel well, I mean, like... it is if, any everything goes, though. Yeah, but if I remember correctly, when you rolled out of the ring in Raw Underground, Shane McMahon stopped everything and made them get back in. I think. Yeah, yeah no, you're, you're correct. They... I mean, they had a few moments that they kind of, like, lost track of it. But for the most part, they always, like, just said, get back in the ring. And because they were allowed to brawl outside of the ring, Damon Kemp was able to hit that overhead belly-to-belly on Thorpe out of the ring. Like, he did it from the ring outside, and I thought that was a pretty cool spot. That spot hurt me. But Damon Kemp ended up hurting his arm, and... Eddie Thorpe worked on it, and the referee called off the match after a bunch of elbows to Damon Kemp. And then we saw somebody get in the ring afterwards to, I guess, mess with Gable Stevenson. And yeah. Stevenson ended up hitting a bunch of suplexes on people. There were those yeah, reports I mean, that came just... out. The, re- the reports came out saying that he wasn't like anywhere near being in-ring ready, but he looked like a superstar mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like the fact that everybody was going in and out of the ring, and you know, everybody that stepped up, they got tossed. Yeah, you know, we had Carmelo but Hayes next, and Trick yeah. Williams basically just invite the Judgment Day to show up to NXT next week because they're not done being in the Judgment Day's business. And we had a video response from Finn Balor later on saying. We'll be there. So, we have that to look forward to on NXT yeah. next week. Maybe Seth Rollins is involved. Maybe he's not. Um, could be. Especially because it's three, potentially all four of them. Trick and, and, mm-hmm. and Mello would need a third person. So, maybe it's Seth. I don't know. Mm. Moving over to uh, Tony D'Angelo, though. Stax went and visited him, and then Joe Coffey showed up, and Stax told Tony that he made a deal with Joe, and that he didn't betray Tony. It wasn't him who showed footage or whatever to get him arrested, and it basically sets up that if Stax wins a match against Joe next week, the charges for Tony will be dropped. And they get a tag title shot. But if Joe wins, then Tony will be away for a long time. And I'm kind of confused about all of this. I, I'm i getting lost in all of it as well. 
like I was into it, and then like this week's happened, and I'm like, I am just a tad bit confused. Yeah, I agree with you. After that, we saw Lyra Valkyria pick up the victory over JC Jane. I thought this was a good match. The crowd was behind Lyra, but more so because they were chanting GG's better towards JC. Mm-hmm. And then we saw JC attack Lyra after the match, and she ripped her entrance gear, her, her wings. So, in my mind, it seems like that would set up a stipulation match. Like some sort of hardcore match or something between the two yeah. of them. But like, I given... I like that's the next step with things that's going to play out, no? I, given the, the fact that Gigi Dolan versus JC Jane should have had that before what they had, the cage match, I I question mm-hmm. it. Because they took too... I, I think they... Not too long, but they took longer than it should have uh, to set uh-huh. up that stipulation match. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. don't know if... I don't necessarily know if it'll lead to that. But speaking of Gigi Dolan, Kiana James walked into her office and it was completely destroyed. There was a sign on the door that said wet paint and Gigi ended up leaving a note saying you never outrun your past, I guess, as if she has some dirt on Kiana James. Basically warning her, like, your receipt's coming, you shouldn't have done what you did to me. I mean, it's one of those things where I, 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 I don't know, I can't get into this aspect, but we'll see how it plays out. After that, we saw Noam Dar off camera. He was talking to somebody. But if you know Noam Dar, then you knew exactly what he was talking to. And it was it was a picture of the Heritage Cup. I thought it was going to be just the actual Heritage Cup. But he was talking yeah. to the Heritage Cup like, oh, I miss you so much, blah, blah, blah. And um, Metaphor stepped in and tried to help him get over it. So where that leads, I'm not 100% sure. But if you don't know how good Noam Dar is, you should go back and watch NXT UK because he's very, very entertaining. And that aspect right there where he's like, you think he's talking to a person, but he's just actually mm-hmm. talking to the NXT UK Heritage Cup. I think it's just like, uh, I thought that was good. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think he's very entertaining. And I think that... It's this stuff. Everything with the Heritage Cup is just fun to watch right now. You know, but next up, Von Wagner just tearing the absolute heck out of uh, Bernal. It, this was just brutal. Apparently, Bernal was talking trash prior to that. We did not see that take place. But Von Wagner went to power bomb him onto the commentary table. And Rob Stone, like, talked him out of it. And then he tried to throw him into the crowd. And Robert Stone talked him out of that again. But then Von Wagner snapped. He ripped off the the top of the commentary table. And put Javier Bernal through the the table. The fans were happy. Robert Stone was not. (laughs) So. Yeah, no. After that, the main event of NXT saw the Dyad pick up the victory over the Creeds. 
kind of surprising in a loser leaves NXT match. I mean, who saw this coming? I mean, me. I mean, I was just saying the week before that. Well, obviously the Creeds are going to win because the Dyad put in their notice and uh, about leaving. Ivy Nile, though, she stays. Yeah. They go. We saw that's great. We saw the dyad attack the creeds before the bell. And I think we assume that the, the diamond mine would get called up. Like all three of them would get called up during the draft, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen. So I can't say that this decision was completely shocking because we did think that the creeds would be getting drafted, but mm-hmm. Ivy not going with them. I'm kind of disappointed with that. Even though if if she did go with them, I feel like she just wouldn't fit in yet. There's like, mm. there's not... I mean, we saw it with the tag turmoil match. She would just go up there yeah. and sit and do nothing. Yeah. So, but now, now I have my fingers crossed for even more bigger and better things with the dyad in WWE. Yeah, I liked I certain totally spots. I liked when uh, Brutus had like that Hulk up moment. It didn't last long, but I, I thought it was a, a nice spot. And we saw the Dyad control after that. He They took control after that Hulk up spot. They, they hit that suicide doomsday. Julius tried to fight through the pain that he was going through, but and it seemed like he was going to. But Ava got in the ring, Ivy took her out, and when the referee was taking care of of Ava and Ivy Nile, someone in a hood and a mask ran in and headbutted, I think it was Brutus? I forgot. Or Julius? And then the the Dyad went on to hit their finisher to pick up the victory. The big question out of this... I don't think it looked like Joe Gacy. Who was the masked man? Who is the new person? Yeah, we're going to have to find out as time progresses. A lot of people were speculating maybe Eric Young, but Eric Young was just Hmm. on a a video from this past weekend or whatever. No beard. This person had a beard. Interesting. So I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know. Maybe it's a fake beard. (laughs) <laughs> I I mean could be a fake beard. I would just I would doubt that, you know? but I'm trying to like think who know. from the main roster has a beard that would like show up in NXT to to join Schism. I don't think there is anybody. I got nobody. Maybe it's Bo Dallas. I'm not sure. Returning. Right. But after <laughs> that we had Braun Breaker And he spoke about his match with Seth Rollins and how it was the most watched episode in over two years. And he said that nobody believed that he had a shot in that match until he speared Seth Rollins. And he spoke about how everything that he did in his career for professional wrestling was at the Performance Center. He didn't go out on the independents like Seth Rollins did. Everything that he accomplished in his career was because of the performance center and at the performance center. And he said that a lot of people question what's next for Braun breaker. Mm-hmm. And then Ilya Dragunov interrupted 
and basically just said that he's next. And it turned into a brawl where the, the very lower level locker room guys tried to separate it, but it didn't work out for the locker room. No. But they just got torn apart. Yeah. That's NXT moving over to SmackDown. It opened up with the Usos holding tribal court and for Roman Reigns. Uh, the crowd at Madison Square Garden, super loud for the Usos, singing their theme song. I thought that was really cool. But Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa came out. Solo kind of distanced himself from Paul Heyman before Roman made his entrance and Roman said that neither Jimmy or Jay are the tribal chief. So this version of tribal court isn't really official. And he asked who had the authority to call him out. And the Uso showed off different clips of Roman basically being bad to them. And Roman said, that's not who he is. That's not who he wants to be. It's who it's who he's forced to be. And he said he did it for for them, he did it for Paul, he did it for Solo, he did it for everybody, the bloodline. And then he was like, I don't need the the responsibility that I have, and I'm done. He took off the WWE, the, the championship, threw it down, and then made it look like he was making Jay the tribal chief. He had real tears coming down his face. He knelt down on his knees to to Jay. And then Roman Reigns low-blowed him. So Jimmy jumped Roman and Solo jumped in to stop him. And he ended up picking up that Ula Fala and the fans chanted for him to put it on. There was like a, a hesitation where maybe he was, I mean, I didn't think he was going to, but it looked like he could have put it on at that moment. But ultimately, he was going to go give that back to Roman Reigns. And Jey Uso ended up attacking both of them. And Solo again took Jey out. And then hung Jey up by the ropes. And Roman beat Jimmy with the championship. Jey got out and went after Roman. And Solo again took him out. And Solo ended that segment by splashing Jimmy through the commentary table. I thought maybe we would see the Wild Samoans and Rikishi during this segment, maybe Samu, but it was almost like a 35-minute segment that flew by. I don't think it felt that long, and I guess maybe because of how good it was, but I, I very much so enjoyed the opening of SmackDown. The first match we saw was Austin Theory picking up the victory over Sheamus to retain the U.S. Championship towards the end, pretty deadly round down to distract Sheamus. And the Brawling Brutes ran down to brawl with Sheamus. uh, To brawl against Pretty Deadly, I mean. And Sheamus ended up hitting Kid off the apron with a bro kick, I believe. And Austin Theory rolled him him up off of that uh, distraction and grabbed the trunks to win. I thought it was a good match. I really didn't get why Sheamus was in a championship match, though. But I enjoyed that. After that, AJ Styles picked up the victory over Karrion Cross. Cross had a bum leg and uh, tried to end the match super early. He hit that cross hammer and then locked AJ Styles in the cross jacket. But AJ got out. Scarlett got involved and Mia Yim kicked her face off. And then AJ Styles turned that around and hit the phenomenal forearm to 
pick up the victory. I don't really think this feud is working. And I would have liked to have seen Karrion Cross maybe get the win or get one over on AJ Styles after the match. But that didn't happen. After that, Asuka came out and immediately was interrupted by Bianca Belair, who was clearly just running down there to brawl, which she did. And then Charlotte made her out her way out and brawled with the, the two of them. And EO Sky showed up, attacked Asuka with the briefcase. Bailey hit the rose plant on the briefcase. And she went to hand the, the referee the Money in the Bank briefcase to cash in. But Bianca Belair pulled Bailey out before she could do that. Charlotte took EO out. And I feel like this segment could have been longer. This segment seemed rushed. But earlier in the night, they showed off some moments from Madison Square Garden history with WWE. I thought that was cool. They did it again later on. But I was there for a few of those moments, so I thought it was cool. And it led into the Grayson Waller effect with Edge as the guest uh, and like the Usos, the crowd sang Edge's theme song. I thought that was pretty cool. But Edge ran down the history of him in Madison Square Garden a little bit and, and how he thinks the crowd, he won their respect at his debut match at Madison Square Garden, which was uh, a tag match at SummerSlam 98, teaming with Sable to take on Jacqueline and, and Mark Marrow. So that, I... Don't know the last time Sable was mentioned on WWE, let alone Mark Marrow. So I thought that was pretty cool. But Grayson Waller kept being like, and, and, and uh, eventually goes, and you're retiring. Which I thought was funny that he was like trying to force Edge into retirement. But Edge said that he's not retiring. In fact, he got himself a match booked for SmackDown against Grayson Waller. Cut to later in the night, Edge picked up the victory over Grayson Waller. We saw Edge control a lot of the beginning of the match. But Grayson Waller turned it around for a bit after uh, Edge went for a spear. And Grayson Waller kneed him in the face. So I thought that was pretty cool to see Grayson Waller reverse Edge's finisher. And... Waller went on to, to do some moves. He he hit the, the unprettier. Michael Cole mentioned Christian. I thought that was pretty cool. And when Grayson Waller went for his stunner, Edge speared him and picked up that victory. And then after the match, Edge got on the microphone and, and told Grayson Waller that he swam, putting him over. And I thought that was pretty cool. I thought we were going to maybe see who Edge could be facing at SummerSlam. But it ended with Edge putting Grayson Waller over like that. And I thought that was pretty cool. But during that match, Michael Cole informed everybody that Jey Uso made his way back from the medical facility. And after the match, we saw the bloodline sitting in Roman Reigns' locker room. And Paul Heyman told Roman about Jay looking for him. And Roman's like, well, not going to have to look far because I'm going to the ring. And Roman went to the ring with Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa. He tried to get Madison Square Garden to acknowledge him again. All of New York, which to WWE also includes New Jersey. But Jay came down through the crowd and Solo prepared himself for a fight. And Jay 
jumped over the barricade and brawled with Solo Sokoa. Roman told Jay to just go, and Jay instead grabbed a chair. And he attacked Roman Reigns, and Solo took the chair from Jay, and Jay absolutely unloaded on Solo Sokoa. And Roman walked off, Paul Heyman walked off, and they just watched Solo getting beat down like that. Jay held up the championship and challenged Roman Reigns to a fight. I assume it'll be for SummerSlam, and now we just have to wait to see if Roman Reigns accepts. So, all in all, I think uh, it was a good episode of SmackDown for Madison Square Garden. They probably could have put a woman's match on the card somewhere. There's still no follow-up from Shotzi with Bailey and EO from last week, so that sucks, but... That's SmackDown. Gonna take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back with Chris here on Marking Out. Hey folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And if you want to check out a podcast, I said if you want to check out a podcast, check out Marking Out, Tough Guy. Ho! And we're back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. It is Chris and Brandon here with you to lead you up until the end of the show with our All Elite Wrestling Talk. And we'll go back to last Friday. We go to Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and we go to AEW Rampage, the quickest hour on television, and it started off with a banger as Claudio Castagnoli successfully defends his ROH World Championship against Commander. Um, it was essentially Claudio doing Claudio things and Commander doing Commander. <laughs> I think that, so. that very much so describes it. I think Claudio uh, works well with opponents like Commander, though. But I always say, I say this, and this is not just my sentiment. Styles make fights. So you have Commander, who does all this lucha stuff, and you have Claudio, who is a powerhouse, who essentially, you, he can base, you know, base for all these lucha guys, and it works out, and it works out perfectly. I think some of Commander's moves, that he was, like, working a little too slow, so it made Claudio yeah. look weird. Like, the, the top rope dive that was the, 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 the fake out. And then the the barricade shooting star press, which looked cool, but I feel like it took maybe too much time. All right, well. But, again, Claudio works very well with essentially anybody. Anybody. He's the man. Um, you know, he's the uh, the backbone of the Blackpool Combat Club. He was the, you know, he's... what you know. The, it was said a very long time ago that he'd never get the brass ring. You know, and but I don't think he needs a brass ring because I think he's well received and he should well have, he should have every... been WWE champion though. But that's I don't I don't have the pencil there. So uh, <laughs> let's continue on though. You get the uh, the cheap Canadian pop here as Sean Spears picks up a victory over the Blade. Uh, good to see Sean Spears uh, in an AEW ring and uh, good to do it uh, in Canada. Yeah, the so. last time that we saw him was like two months ago. Was it in Canada last time, too? No, that was, like, the time or two before that. But I feel like that, yeah, like, so. this match, it was just a filler just for him to, I guess, be in Canada. The the Blade, yeah, I feel, I, I'll, I know the Blade isn't Canadian, but as somebody who lives up, who lives His down, wife is Canadian, though. I was going to so. say, though, somebody that lives down in, uh, on Long Buffalo. Island, I, I consider him basically Canadian. 
So I yeah, feel like isn't, what what is what is Buffalo like twenty five minute car ride or something like that? Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo. I mean, depending on where, it could be like ten minutes. I think even so, I, I don't I don't know ge- geography that well. So let's continue on as. QTV, Johnny TV, and QT Marshall pick up the victory over the Hardy Party of Matt Hardy and Brother Zay. Um, so John, Johnny TV's got a, a win here in all elite wrestling. Um, they came and, out like Eminem. Yeah, listen, let them let them do whatever they want. You know, as long as people are reacting to them uh, and you know hating on them because QT Marshall is one of the most hated people in AEW, uh, let them do that. But bigger story after this was Ethan Page running to the ring. Uh, and helping protect Matt Hardy. Uh, and then he gets knocked out by QT Marshall, uh, and then also by Johnny TV. And then the acclaim comes for the save. There was so. a spot in the match, though, that, um, like, there was a hot tag spot where Matt, uh, Isaiah Cassidy tags Matt Hardy in, and then Jomo just ran into the ring. Yeah, let him do whatever he wants. The referee counted it as a tag, so I don't know if that's going to end up eventually, like, coming into play with that storyline or if it even is a storyline or if it was just a goof or whatnot, but I hope it does. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have to see uh, going forward. Because that was, that's exactly like that spot where the referee allowed the tag, even though there was no tag directly led to Johnny getting the, the victory there. Yeah. So, so um, it looks like QTV will start a uh, promo or, or a run here with uh, the acclaim. So, should be uh, some interesting television going forward, especially because all these guys can talk. You know, they can do a lot, especially with the, what's the, the the female part of QTV? I forget her name. D- Danny, Harley Cameron. Okay, that's it. Yeah, I forget. I forget her name. So, all right. And your main event. So, of course, she had to pick up a victory over Taya Valkyrie uh, as she rolled up. She did a roll up to uh, countered the Road to Valhalla uh, for roll up in the pin. So we're you know we've seen this you know. Ty is on a losing streak right now, which is a hundred, which is totally fine, and you know, kind of gives uh, a you know, uh, day one talent like Karoshida uh, a big victory here against someone like uh, Ty Valkyrie. So yeah, I'm bad at I, I have no problems with it. You know, yes, I know. Like a month ago, you're like it's a wasted uh, signing for Ty. No, because now like she lost to she lost to Chris Statlander. She loses to Hikaroshida. You know, she can. They can do like kind of like a losing streak type thing with her, and then build her back up to you know the dominance here. So. I just want them to break away from that standard women's match formula here. Okay, I I wasn't paying attention to standard women's match formula. What is the, what is the formula here? If, it's uh, where if they just me, spend Dr. most Raven. of the match outside of the ring, and the referee doesn't do anything. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, outside the ring, pinned, multiple that's times, it. multiple times. And, and for that me, that's match, annoying. Though. And I think both women deserve to be in a different kind of match. All right, so that's Rampage. Let's continue on to Collision. Still in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Still doing these uh, opens, hyping up your main event, which I, I like. Very old school throw it. We found out, by the way, via Will Washington, what we thought last week was, in fact, correct. That yeah, the opening they... video for Collision will be changing every week to represent the talent on it. So that's why the video wasn't actually lining up for me, but... I think that's uh, a cool thing to include the people on the show each week. Absolutely. It kind of makes every open more centric towards that week's episode. I do. I feel you know, let's, that has to suck with production. Not at all. Because let's say they already have like the template 
I am a video editor. You know, so if they have the template already built for it, all they have to do is just drag and drop clips into there. And then just re-render it out. I'm assuming they're using very powerful computers, so it really doesn't take that long. Just you have to find the right shot. Like, you know, if MJF's going to be on the show, you want to you want a shot of him holding up the title. So it's really not that bad. Um, but let's continue on because MJF. Speaking of MJF, uh, he made his in-ring debut on Collision, defeating Kip Morst. Fantastic in... year. Who MJF? Yeah, has to become a figure in Canada. He was wearing like Fourth of July esque gear. Well, it was Fourth of July weekend, so, so I thought that was yeah. a dope, uh, a dope attire from him. Yep. So quick win here. MJF then then gets on the microphone, makes fun of Canada, and it comes all out. Ethan uh, then comes out all ego. Ethan Page, who cuts a fantastic promo. A big guy came talking out about first. how he wants to. What big guy? And then uh, MJF uh, Ethan Page told him to hit the hit the bricks, basically. Oh yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was a, a um, good fired-up promo from Ethan Page. And, and Ethan Page, I feel like, is somebody, too, that they can do, like, long-term storytelling with. Essentially now, and everything that he's gone through with the firm, and now he's with the Hardys. And, you know, as we saw on Rampage, you know, taking the taking a bullet there for Matt Hardy. So you could do long-term storytelling for him to, you know, eventually become some sort of champion within AEW. But... Unfortunately, he was unsuccessful in his world championship title match uh, as MJF gets the victory over him. Uh, quickly, he hits a uh, dragon screw and then the heat seeker for the pin. So I like Kevin Kelly mentioned, you know, he's like, oh, you know, he didn't want to wrestle for Bindor, but maybe he picked up something uh, from Tanahashi with that uh, dragon screw leg whip. So yeah. uh, next up on this, you have Owens, the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament quarterfinals. The powerhouse Hobbs picks up the victory over the natural Dustin Rhodes who I feel like just gets bloody every single match. Yeah, I didn't. I is he, didn't like, think is that he the was new Dean Ambrose? He, whatever his name is, like John Moxley. He, no, he already he had red face paint on. I don't know if it was like. I just didn't get it, especially to be just tossed into a ring post like that. No, like there wasn't anything brutal from that. Yeah, but, I feel like hit like a corner or something like that, yeah. and like you know they hard weight or something like that. But like, there's no need for the blood. Like yeah, I don't think so, especially with the painted face. It just doesn't make sense for me. Yeah, it just makes like he just has shoddy makeup, which we all know that's not the tr- that not the truth. But but we got our answer you know, <laughs> that we post whether or not Will Hobbs is with QT Marshall still, and that answer is yes. Yep. Yeah, but hey, listen, as I said, he doesn't have to be out there every single week with it. I know? was I was surprised though to see this... Dustin Rhodes kick out of that spinebuster at one. I thought, cause yeah, I, hey, especially because I thought that was about to be the end of the match. So. Yeah, so but it wasn't. But another spine buster uh, by surprise by Will Hobbs uh, got the pinfall victory. Uh, Miro continues his dominance on Collision this week over a squash match over Anthony Henry. Uh, Completely forgot he was with Miro him. looking like who? Anthony Henry. Um, I totally yeah, forgot he was yeah, with them, yeah. The Workhorse Men, I think they're more featured on Ring of Honor. Yeah. Him and uh, J.D. Drake, right? So... I don't know if this um, match yeah. was longer than the match they had with Nice, but I, I think it felt that way, and I feel like it should have been shorter. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm bad at it, but it's good to see Miro back, you know. G- give him these squash matches against guys, and then you put you know, you know put him in a feud with somebody going forward. I feel like maybe this um, should have been from last week, and then, or not last week, two weeks ago, and then like flipped, had Tony Nice this week to like build it up. Yep, 
Okay. After that, though, we saw Tony Schiavone interview Bullet Club Gold, basically just essentially saying that the guns are now officially members. The Bang Bang Gang. They're gold members. Yeah. And then that so I don't know what that gets them, but... That leads directly into Ricky Starks picking up the victory over Juice Robinson to advance in that Owen, Hor- Owen Hart tournament. Hort? Yeah. Owen Hort? And then... Uh, for me, the only annoying thing about this is that it leads to Ricky Starks and Hobbs. Because I feel like if you have an unsanctioned lights-out match, you should at least go a year or two without facing off again. When was the last time they faced off? Under a year ago. What was the date, though? I don't know. I just know that it was under a year. I know, but you can, you're running you're running it back for one match, you know, and they can and they've been doing a very good job with this Owen Hart tournament, like hyping up all these matches, like with promos and stuff like that. As we saw, um, you know, I'm jumping forward here, but you know, Wednesday on Dynamite, great CM Punk uh, promo where he just looked to the side of himself the entire time. Um, and then also you had like you had a pretty lengthy Bullet Club Gold promo there, and then they lost the match. Yeah, but they're weaselly heels. Like you don't. It's not like they're. It's not like it's Miro who comes out there, cuts this huge promo, and then he loses. You know, they're weaselly heels. They, and especially Juice Robinson too. Like he doesn't like. It's not going to affect him at all because it seems like on Collision they're going to be like the main bad, the, the, the main right, heels yeah. on the show, and they're still I mean, going to get featured. Very it's much not like so it's a the squash main, for him. Because because after the match when Bullet Club Gold surrounded the ring, it was. CMFTR that made the save. Yeah, it was. I think was, Punk yeah. was booed. I wasn't really paying attention. I'm, I could. I'm, I'm over like the polarity of CM Punk. I think it's it's good. People are talking about it again. Let's just continue on with given Christian how, Cage. But wait, given how close CM Punk has been getting to Ricky Starks, do you think that could actually be the finals of the Owen? Well, we all know that CM Punk's going to win the Owen. Yeah, that's like uh, it's, I think it's been as clear as day since they put the the brackets out. That's but, why I think it's like, oh, I, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, I think, yes, he, CM Punk's going to be facing Samoa Joe. Not to to run ahead with that. Nope, that's but I the, think I think yeah, CM well, that's Punk, the, that's the quarter, that's the semifinals, right? So I think CM Punk will eventually just move on to the finals from that, and I feel like because Ricky Starks has been getting so close with FTR and CM Punk. That if that I'm not even sure if that's like able to line up in the bracket somehow. It, I feel what? like it should, right? If Ricky Starks could get to no, the because Samoa Joe and CM Punk are on one side. Well, I know we're jumping ahead here, but you know that's what happens in the main event. Samoa Joe beats Roger Strong, whatever. Um, it, yeah, have that side of the bracket that's happening on Collision this week, and then you also have Hobbs versus Starks. That's going to be happening as well. So, so whoever wins Hobbs versus Starks, whoever wins CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, faces off in the finals. So it could be Starks. You know, like, but here's my thing: CM Punk doesn't need the Owen. No, I think you know you've had so many starts and st- I don't want to say starts and stops with Ricky Starks. I feel like he's a perfect guy for them to, you know, maybe he's you know wrestles kind of in the same style as Owen. So and. It could that could be somebody that you know they put the Owen Hart in, uh, and do more with it because last year unfortunately they didn't really get to do that much stuff with Adam Cole right. with the Owen because you know afterwards he got injured so this is somebody that they can put the Owen Hart feature him you know keep going back to him keep the title going out you know if he does win Owen title that I think either way win or lose I think that they could pull the trigger to like officially turn CM Punk heel. 
Yeah, but I f- they can't. But then they got to do that with FTR's got to be heels too, or and maybe, FTR maybe, just. I mean, they could turn heel, or maybe they just like, ooh, we don't. Uh, we side with Ricky. No, they, no, <laughs> they're getting they're getting all this merch now. It's like you know, come on. Yeah, you sell merch, then so. you, you run the storyline. They did that with the what was it Y two AJ or whatever? What was it the group? I can't remember what it was with Y two AJ. That's it was it one was, week right? with Jericho and AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah, Y two AJ. They have the, the merch and the no, it was Y Y. Yeah, it was Y two AJ. Yeah, they got the merch for a week and then they broke up, which was silly. <laughs> and it wasn't like it was you know they they made all the merch first. Which yeah, was the more funny thing. We had it, it wasn't like you know fanatics now where everything is direct to garment. Is that what it is? Everything is now direct to garment. It's easier. Oh. It, it, it's a, a, a smarter business model, like Pro Wrestling Tees does too. But we had. Uh, it's not like they're having a where- warehouse of like uh, a thousand. Uh, you know, let me speak to the manager, Chelsea Green shirts. No, it's you know, boom, boom, boom. I really thought it was like actual, like printed. Well, it it's print. No, yeah, but I mean like printed. stock. I I think, I think so. it, it has. To I mean, be like certain they things have, they probably they, they certain run low stock sometimes. I think. Yeah, but they're only gonna print it for I, I don't know, but I, I would I would assume it was just because you know. sizes sell out on WWE shop. Yeah, because they probably run out of the garment. Hmm. Hey, you know we're gonna release. Uh, you know we only have a uh, hundred XXLs in our uh, inventory. You know we'll run it until we don't have it, and then we gotta order more. So maybe it comes back. I don't know. We're, whatever. Let's uh, we're not talking about t-shirts. Here. We're talking about wrestling. We got Christian. Yeah, we got to Christian. He was interviewed uh, in. Inter, uh, interrupted by Sean Spears and Christian told Sean Spears that he'll never be dangerous and then Sean Spears said you just have to meet the right person so it seems like it sets up Sean Spears versus Luchasaurus or Christian I don't know or both of them yeah I don't know when I, where. I, the, TN, the TNT championship's just a prop now it's like there's no it's just right there's nothing to it. It stinks, you know. But whatever. It is what it is. But let's talk. Let's talk about a a, a um, television channels championship that actually means something, and that's the TBS championship. As Chris Statlander just keeps getting more dominant and dominant after every week. This week, this week with a decisive win over Lady Frost. Um, you know, when Chris Statler, Statlander first came back, you made the comments, and you know she didn't look like, you know, she was, you know, uh a monster, you know, this big, you know, more than a woman type character. And I feel like over the weeks and getting the ring rust off, she's looked awesome. So, and they had, about it. they did have like a few missteps here. And I thought it was a, a, like a, just a bit slow, but this is what I would rather see a woman's match in AEWB versus them. I thought I said WB for a second. I was like that in my head. I heard that. I was like, you're thinking about that frog, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know. But this is what I'd rather see versus them spending time outside the ring multiple times a match. I thought this was like a blueprint for what women's matches should be. Yeah, and I've never been a Lady Frost fan, but seeing her more really? and more on AEW, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I think she's but, fantastic. But seeing, but, she's super athletic. And, and that's what I kind of like. And I like, I don't know, maybe I just didn't watch enough of her. Um, but now the more than we're seeing her, I am becoming a fan. So, you know, I know she's featured a lot on Ring of Honor. I would like her to, you know, this is a perfect person that they should start using on AEW programming more and more as well. So, um, Andrade 
again, featured on Collision, this time backstage promo. Uh, after the House of Black stole his mask, he wants it back. And Malachi Black gets on the screen and says, uh, let the house help you cut this out of your past. When they so first showed tra- up on the screen, I swear to God, I thought somebody farted. And then I quickly, <laughs> I had to rewind it. I was like, I was dying. <laughs> and then I rewound it and I realized it was the sound of the House of Black, like, hacking into the screen. Ah, uh, okay. Because for a quick second, well, I, was because- like, I was like, what was that? Yeah. But and I'm 34, like, year uh, Andrade. Old, 34 years old and uh, still laughing at farts, so. <laughs> so am I. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm 38. So, uh, And we already mentioned to it, main event, Samoa Joe defeats Roderick Strong in the Owen in the Owen quarterfinal match. Uh, it sets up CM Punk versus uh, Samoa Joe 4 this week coming up on Collision, which, uh, you know, 18 years after their last match. Um, I think this is very cool. I'm excited for this. Um, I will definitely be watching. You know, so I, I didn't thought the know match, that. The match uh, between these two guys was good. I didn't know Roddy was trained by Jim Neidhart. Yeah, he um, he was trained actually, and I think in Jim Neidhart's backyard. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, apparently he had a ring back there, and I I remember, it's been a long time, but I remember when Roddy was on the Art of Wrestling, he mentioned the whole thing how like he lived he grew up in Tampa, and I know Neidhart lived there, and he like found somebody that knew him, and he went and started training in their backyard. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and and, and Roderick Strong awesome. didn't tap out here. The ref, the ref called the match because he he was choked out. Yeah, and then uh, uh, never... Samoa Joe grabbed a chair, and security just gave up when when Joe slid the chair into the ring. It looked like they were like <laughs> trying to back him off, and then he slid it off, and like they turned around. And Punk got in the ring, yeah. and and Samoa Joe left, but Adam Cole came out to check on Roderick Strong, and he got. Uh, I believe he got carted off. Yes, he did. They put him in a neck brace, all that stuff. You know, thank you for coming. To a- thank you for watching AEW Collision. Someone's dead. But the this end. Week's, That's it. This week's episode for me, unfortunately, kind of felt like uh, a two-hour rampage versus what it felt like the past two weeks. Yeah. All right. Well. You know, this week we have CM Punk versus Samoa Joe Four, so that's something to you know, especially with the the lineage, if that's the right word, or like the credibility that their ROH feuds have had. Maybe that's uh, you know, this little hype people up uh, to watch it. Uh, Roderick Strong could be a guy now um, that could go to Ring of Honor and challenge Samoa Joe for the television title. You never tapped out. This is he could oh, yeah, you know, go true. on to Ring of Honor programming and say, you know what, I didn't tap out a couple weeks ago. We got death before dishonor. I want a shot at your title since you didn't let me, uh, since you beat me for the Owen. So I wonder if that'll happen. And I know they they're like what, the ma- two weeks away from the pay per view. Yeah, it's like at that. the end of the month. I know mm. it's the main events: Claudio versus Mark Briscoe, which would be which would be awesome. Um, because we're supposed to, Eddie wanted a shot, but I mean we have to mention it now. Eddie Kingston's your new uh, New Japan Strong Champion, beating Kenta uh, in Japan, and now he's going on to the G One. So uh, congratulations, to Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, a guy that we've known for a very, very long time. I remember him in Chikara. He was awesome. Um, all over the independence. Now, you know, going to Japan, having a featured role in Japan, uh, and being in a such prestigious tournament like the G1. So, yeah. congrats to Eddie. And they, they did show that off on Dynamite, which uh, is pretty cool because it was like the day of yeah. that the, the match took place. Obviously, there's a huge time difference between that event and dynamite but Cute. john moxley was able i think mox was in japan too right 
He was in Japan too because he had. So they had it look like he was backstage at Dynamite cutting a promo on Eddie Kingston. Really to just set up, I think, uh, Blood and Guts, right? Or or are they not part of it? Is Kingston part of it? No, Moxley's got to be a part of Blood and Guts. Uh, Kingston is not going to be a part of Blood and Guts because he's going to be in the G1. So if, like, they showed the graphic this week on Dynamite, and I I know we're jumping ahead here, but it's fine um, because it was all promos between these two teams. Um, Each team has a mystery guy on their side. So it looks like, you know, from I'm reading on uh, you know, the, the, the dirt sheets that uh, you know, Abushi's name is being thrown about again about being the mystery man on uh, team uh, elite. Um and then who's gonna be the guy in Blackpool Combat Club? I I'm hoping it's Chris Hero. That would be sick. But like I don't think you bring in somebody like Chris Hero for this type of match. You know, so but let's talk about Dynamite. This week, hailing from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, you start off with Darby Allen and Keith Lee having some words before their blind eliminator quarterfinal action match. Um, you know, Darby Allen telling them, you know, I know he doesn't want to, you know, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are just magically were picked at for a blind eliminator here. Um, but you know, Darby Allen says he doesn't want to team with team with Swerve. You know, this is an, uh, this is about you and being uh, you know one of the most dominant champions. But unfortunately, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland were unsuccessful as they lost to the team of Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. The uh, the stunner into the code red, I thought, looked really nice. I liked, I think it was early on in the match, where Orange Cassidy was trying to do like his spin around DDT. It didn't work. Then he tries to go for the stun dog millionaire. Didn't work. And then, you know, Keith Lee throws him off. It was, it was, uh, it was great. And I so, liked, I liked uh, Keith Lee Orange- showing respect for Orange Cassidy after the match, too. Yeah, giving him fist bumps too. So, um, and then this will just continue the Swerve Keith Lee <laughs> feud that's going on here. Um, but speaking about, you know, I spoke about Darby Allen being from the Pacific Northwest. Another guy that's a good segue. that is from this, I know, right? Um, another guy that's from the Pacific Northwest is Nick Wayne. If you're not familiar with him, he is a the son of. Buddy Wayne, uh, a year and a half ago, he was offered an AEW contract when he turned 18 years old. And guess what? Nick Wayne's 18 years old, and he's going to show the world what he's all about probably next week. Oh, it yeah, is it announced, is. actually. Next week on Dynamite, him versus Swerve. Um, you know, they had a, a good uh, – I thought it was a very fantastic promo package heavily, here. Uh, heavily featured with Darby Allen. Yeah, but still, like, Darby Allen's the guy that's bringing him yeah. in here. So – you know, and, and if you, you know, given the rub, I feel like the Darby Allen character has done such a turn recently. Not like, like a heel to a face to heel turn, but like this is a guy that was a loner, didn't want to be with everybody. And now he's just like a dude. <laughs> now he's, he's, now he's the one that's out, like the voice out of out reason Sting. with Sting. Trying yeah, to tell Sting not Sting, to do like, spots like that. Yeah, but apparently Sting's fine, so. But, like, he's he's just, like, a dude now. He's just like, yeah, all right, cool, let's do stuff. I'm going to bring Nick Wayne in. He's going to be awesome. So Darby Allen's growing more and more on me. Uh, you have Tony Schiavone backstage after this, trying to get an interview with Jungle Boy Jack Perry uh, as Perry uh, pulls into the arena in his SUV. But he is also met by Hook. Yeah, um, he wants a match for the so FTW championship. and That he doesn't acknowledge. And... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Hook attacked him. But hey, listen. Good. We're getting that Let's match. I, I think they they have a pro hook. they have a uh, battle of the belts coming up. So 
I could. Oh, yeah, so I assume be that'll be then. Yeah, but when's that going to be? Because now Collision's on Saturdays. What are they yeah, going to do? Yeah, it's three hour first three hour Friday block. after Rampage. Yeah, no, no, it's a oh, three really? hour okay. block on Collision. I think really yeah, okay. I that's awesome. I'm almost certain, if I'm not mistaken. I could be, yeah. But. So after that, we have the acclaim right. picking up the victory over the Butcher and the Bollywood Boys. Ah, uh, the Blade and the Bollywood Boys. The Blade. Yeah. Right, the Butcher but, was in the other match. I don't get why this took place at all. I don't get that the Bollywood Boys didn't get the memo that the acclaimed wear pink and they should probably have different gear. <laughs> I saw Max Caster say something about them paying tribute to them in the match. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was. But Excalibur but, said that the acclaimed built up so mo- so much momentum, and I feel like they've lost so much momentum. Well, they've lost so much momentum as a tag te- like their tag team dominance. Like they just but beat I, a random pairing that makes no sense, and like I don't but, see how that's momentum. It's small wins here and there. But they Harley Cameron, the bigger matter who it's over. The bigger picture here was that Harley Cameron interrupted the celebration and said that she made a video that'll be shown next week, and then. Billy Gunn responded with uh, his famous two words. Yeah, that's it. So next so, week we'll cool. get some sort of music video from Harley Cameron. Yeah. So and we talked about Ed Kingston. We talked about John Moxley. Matt Hardy, um, by the way. Matt Hardy's part. Yeah, Matt like, Hardy's if you partner for the me, pl- If you told me, first of all, that Matt Hardy was going to be in the blind tag team title eliminator tournament, whatever it's called, and you told me you need to pick who AEW will give his mystery tag team partner as, I would say Jeff Jarrett because his name is Jeff. Yeah, but, I, you know, and it was fun. It's like, oh, my brother Jeff? He's like, no, Jeff Jarrett. And he says he hates Jeff Jarrett, which I think is fun. You know, it's it'll be good because we know that Jeff Hardy uh, can't be in Canada. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, Jeff Jarrett, let's go uh, team uh, Matt and Jeff. I like it. It's a fun <laughs> pairing. Chris Jericho makes his way to the ring. You know, saying uh, over the last few months he's had some big losses. He's going to have to reevaluate things. He needed uh, to re- he needed to be reinvigorated, and needed to become and... the best Chris Jericho. And then Don Callis comes out with, by the way, I think the most ridiculous theme song. I think if it's, I, it's I'm not a, I'm not a music person, but I could swear to God it was just a really low G note. Maybe. <laughs> I was trying to match it up afterwards on the scale, and I'm like, I think this is a G. But he brought up. Who cares? I, I just thought it was funny that you can't even hear the music because it's like everyone's I, booing him. It was just that one note, so I thought that was really funny. But yeah, it was good. He brought up how he was the one that called Chris Jericho and asked him about main eventing Wrestle Kingdom with Kenny Omega, and then he trashed Kenny Omega and said that he's building a new family and he wants Chris Jericho, and Jericho's like, I don't join. Factions, I create Factions. them. But, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, this could be... Uh, and like, it was addressed th- later on. Daniel Garcia was like, we need you. And Jericho's like, you can't always... You won't be under yep. my wings forever. And we yep, found especially- out that Sammy and Danny is going to be a team for the blind... <laughs> Conveniently! gimmick. Conveniently out of this blind eliminator thing, they're conveniently attacked you. But... With Chris Jericho giving Don Callis a maybe, Chris Jericho I don't think has ever missed a blood and guts. 
I know you hope for Chris Hero. You hope for maybe the rumors of Ibushi. I no, Ibushi would be on Team Elite. But I think, storyline-wise, what makes the most sense for Blood and Guts is Chris Jericho going with the Blackpool Combat Club to help out Don Callis. And somebody who is a friend of the elite, we've seen him on all those those elite vlogs. Now he's got his own vlogs. Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara has had his own vlog for years, but he's been he's BTE champion or something. He's been champion. He's friends with the Bucks. I I I don't. I mean, I think that, that fits that's actually a great idea. Perfectly. It does. So I don't know, man. We'll see. We uh, what's that next month and. In Boston? Yeah, I think right. so. Cool. But earlier right. in the night, we saw MJF and Adam Cole hanging out together to strengthen their bond as a tag team. I liked... Uh, I love this. Their, their bond of, of hating Tony Schiavone is what's like the actual best part of it. Yeah. But they were working out of the gym, not uh, wiping off their benches, which is uh, unsanitary. And I believe... I don't go to the gym, but I believe if you go to the gym, you should be wiping down your benches. But even, I don't think they showed it, MJF created a Twitch account just to chat in, in, in Oh yeah, Adam okay, Cole's I did Twitch see that, didn't And he called Adam yeah, Cole, they, and Adam they, Cole's they like, should... Max, I, uh, I really keep my, my streaming stuff separate from wrestling, so please respect that. But it all leads to, also, Roderick Strong isn't cleared, even though he feels good, that was part of this whole thing. But yeah. it leads to MJF and Adam Cole picking up the victory over Daddy Magic and the Butcher to advance in that blind eliminator tag team tournament. And I think this Magic, version Magic Meat is that what they call themselves? Uh, Daddy Magic and the Butcher, yeah, That's Magic funny. Meat. But I think this version of MJF, where he like pretends to be face and like comes out slapping hands with the fans, does the. The Shawn Michaels run taunt around Adam Cole. He does the boom taunt with Adam Cole. I think that's a, a, a fantastic version of MJF. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that too. But then, you know, and like when they lose in the finals, you know, or they lose the tag team, or they lose against FTR, you know, he's just going to go back to, you know, the devil himself. Right, but that'll set We've seen up this Adam Cole versus MJF. Yeah, absolutely. But they did, they did a birthday celebration for Adam Cole afterwards. I think this segment went like really long but mjf ended up uh to the camera well, it was at his actual shoot birthday yeah and to the camera he's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna push his face to the cake and and the, everybody by the way fantastic version of happy birthday by mjf i thought that was ah uh, he was flat i oh, think well, at the yes, end of uh, it there though, was but a it was... part of it where it wasn't fantastic but for a, a, a section of it, I thought it was great. But the, the Outstanding. But he was saying to the camera where Adam Cole couldn't see that he was going to push Adam Cole's face in the cake. And Adam Cole sensed it, stepped it, threw, threw uh, MJF into the tiniest little uh, cake that MJF could possibly looked get like, for a birthday. And I thought that was a It looked a like funny. it was a Carvel ice cream cake. I, I don't know if it was because it looked like cake cake. I feel okay. like I don't know if ice cream would go the, the, all over like that. Yeah, no, I I agree on that. Um, After that, though, we uh, saw Britt Baker yeah. say that uh, that she took the Owen away from Ruby Soho last year, and she's going to do it again this year. It leads to Ruby Soho picking up the victory over Britt Baker to advance in that tournament, and I think 
Britt really needed that loss. So I'm glad that Ruby... I think so. I Yeah, I don't think Britt needed the Owen again this year. Um, I do think I like that... The fact- I was going to say with the outcasts like circling like sharks, I feel like the referee should have like instantly been like, no, 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 no. But it was because of the outcast that Ruby was able to get that, that victory. And Tony held up that championship for Ruby to smash Britt Baker into. And that's where, I mean, there was a quick recovery from Britt, but the outcast just kept getting involved. I liked it. I liked it though, you know, and especially because it was a callback to the finals of last year's Owen, um, to put this match in there and have Ruby Soho go over. And also, again, as she's mentioned in promos, she's a, vo- a lot different of a Ruby Soho than she has been. So, and they went for that um, same ending like where uh, Britt would have reversed yeah. it in another callback. Yeah, in last year, but because the Outcasts were there, Tony Storm was able to hold Ruby's arm, and she she got the the one the the win. Yep. I don't think the match the was, was good, but the outcome of Britt Baker not moving on, I, I like. Yep. So now she goes on to face Sky Blue. Who? Um, so who do we have left now in the Owen for the women's? We have Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue. And then what's the other other match? I don't even know. What am I missing here? What Wasn't am I Athena missing part of this tournament or no? Yes. Okay. It's Athena versus Willow, I want to say. Like and when happened when this weekend? Athena was on the the kickoff show, right? Yes, she was against Billy Starks. Oh, let me see. I'm looking it up right now. I don't even know I'm if they mentioned right the other side of the bracket. I'm trying to look for it on. No, Hakarshi is facing Marina Shafir on Rampage Rampage 100. Um, okay, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not damn I'm not sure. I think it's Athena versus Willow Nightingale, and I think. Because maybe because they uh, you know we didn't mention it you know Willow lost the New Japan Strong Women's Championship um, this past week in Japan maybe she's gonna go on to win the entire thing which I think would be a, to me like it either has to be Willow or it has to be this week uh, okay it has to be Willow or it has to be Sky Blue winning this uh, winning the tournament because like uh, do I think Ruby Soho really needs it no because she's part of a faction that's you know, like the the face right now of the AEW women's division, um, and Athena's the Ring of Honor women's champion. So it's like you're gonna have her walk around with two titles. Yes, she's fantastic, but like this is a great way to hype up more young talent. Yeah, I think it should be Willow. Yeah, so do I. I think she's super over. Um, give her something here. So that's that. And then your main event time saw Kenny Omega pick up the victory over Wheeler Yuta. Yuta attacked uh, Kenny Omega mid-taunt to start yeah. the match. It just shows you what a rabid pit bull he is. Yeah, and Kenny had uh, <laughs> problems with his neck based off of last week. And the story was that it was hard, I guess, for him to do the one-wing in Angel. Yep. We saw him get distracted so. by Don Callis and the security here. And Takeshita showed up and hit a huge blue thunder bomb. The referee was outside dealing with that and didn't see that. So you would think that would lead to the end of the match. But Kenny somehow kicks out of that. And then when Wheeler Yuta was on the, I think it was the middle rope or the top rope, he was able to get underneath and hit that that one wing and angel to get the victory there. Yeah. The bigger stuff, though, obviously, is the aftermath. 
where Claudio and Takeshita yep. jumped Kenny Omega. The Elite ran down with chairs to make the save, but the Dark Order showed up, took the chair from Hangman, and boom. Lost feed, cut, cut, end, end of show. End of show, perfect. But now I think it's setting up a match this week or next I week. Think it's it's on, the, on the Elite Rampage. On Rampage? Yeah. Because um, I know, okay, Collision this week is an Eliminator FTR versus Juice and Jay. It is Will Nightingale versus Athena. I was right. Perfect. Um, oh, and then both Owen semifinal matches are happening. Punk versus Joe and Starks versus Hobbs. So. I think Rampage is cool. the Elite versus Dark Order. Rampage 100 this week at 10, at 10 Eastern. So, But this, this episode for Definitely me, it felt check. like I was just watching a live house show. Every, that's every episode of every AEW show ever for you. So Not every. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's uh, that's all of our AEW talk this week. So next week we got Rampage 100, the the quarterfinals for the Owen, uh, and we'll see if they have more hilarious uh, hangout sessions between <laughs> MJF and Adam Cole. I would like to see so, Long Island included where, like, MJF flew Adam Cole to Long Island from Canada to, like, do something. Where are they going to go? I don't know. We can go to Jake's. Like, they already, like I'd say, if they were going to go... <laughs> what's, what's that? I said they can go to they Jake's can, they, can, they can go to a be- better casino. I was joking. No, apparently that casino makes, uh, like, the most money out of any casino because nobody wins or something like that. Yeah, go fix. Go. Yeah, now we're going to get another one on Long Island. They're going to make more money because <laughs> no one else is going to win there either. Oh, but we're going to bring so many jobs here. Okay. Uh, I, and that's uh, my rant and ra- ranting and raving about things that go on Long Island. So, Let's go to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week from the past. Because, you know, I have to put this whole episode together. Me and eight friends were just talking. Um, but it's not really a match because of the spirit of America and the 4th of July. Uh, it's Lex Luger Knew slamming it. Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid. <laughs> I watched it this week. Um, the fact that Bobby the Brain Heenan is ringside with Yokozuna and doing commentary is just hilarious. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I mean, I texted you that morning and you're like, I, I actually just watched this five seconds ago. I watched it. Y- yeah, I watched it yesterday. Yeah, it was one I of those things. Yeah, I, no. like it's one of those things where you wake up, you're like, "All right, let's watch the body slam go go down." No, I was just like, I was like, "Really?" I'm like, "What am I going to watch right now?" There was nothing on. I was like, "Let me watch the body slam competition." Yeah, I mean, and they have like a good seven minute package on w, on WWE's YouTube. Yeah, it was great. I agree with you. Yep, great, so, great competition. You want to feel patriotic, and if you need a hero, go watch that. I need a hero. <laughs> anyway, Brandon, who are you shouting out? This is Yoda, and listening to Brandon's shoutouts, you are. The first shoutout goes to 10-year-old Tom, which is back on Max for a second season. It's very difficult, by the way, to not say HBO Max. Mm. I just, I wish they stuck with that instead of Max, but uh, it's back for a second season. It's an adult animated sitcom from Steve Dildarian who previously created The Life and Times of Tim for HBO, which is basically like the same format. It's, I think, a really good cast, including Gillian Jacobs, uh, John Malkovich, Todd Glass, Eric Griffin, and a lot more 
Uh, if you like dry humor, I would say 100% check it out. And you should 100% watch The Life and I, Times of Tim because I very much I feel so like I saw a show. preview of it and I like I feel like I saw a preview of that and I, it looked interesting. But for me, dry humor is a really, really fine uh, touch hit for me where if where it's hit or miss with me with dry humor where even The Office took me so long to get behind where with this one, I want to give it a shot, though. British office sucks. American office is so much better. And also, Rain Wilson tweeted out something about July 4th saying that had the United States lost, we would have been all stuck inside watching that garbage version of <laughs> the office instead of what we all know. So no offense to you British people who somehow enjoy that version of the office. But my next shout out goes to Natalia. We already spoke about it, uh, about her match from Monday Night Raw. Um, but at Money in the Bank, Guinness World Records presented her with six certificates, four world records, most WWE matches for a female, most WWE wins in a career for a female, most pay-per-view and premium live event appearances for a female, most WrestleMania appearances for a female, and then most... Monday Night Raw matches and most SmackDown matches. And I think that's pretty cool that the, the the longevity of her career to be recognized by actual world records. And yeah. she's still putting out bangers. My match yeah. on Monday with Rhea. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that match on Monday Night was totally incredible. And I'm just going to say flat out, I, I love her appreciation towards the fans too, where she's uh, sending di- uh, direct messages to fans, thanking them for their support. And for their appreciation of what she's doing in the ring and outside of the ring, too. And I think that I, I think that that says a lot about her as a person. And yeah, I think she's awesome. And then with July 4th being this past week, I figured that there'd be no better shout out than the Beach Boys. Because when I think of summer, July 4th and everything, that's part of summer. I think of the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. So for you don't me, think of Sam Eagle? Sam Eagle? Yeah, when you think of Fourth of July. I don't. I don't think of Sam Eagle, but that's that's He's in the the very very back of my brain. I saw Hornswoggle, thought of Sam Eagle on July Fourth. <laughs> yeah, everybody should be thinking of Sam, Sam Eagle on July Fourth. The, uh, the three hour ending. What is it? The yes. salute to America. To, to salute to all nations, right, but most, yes. mostly America. And it's like, I have a the big three and a half hour finale. It's like, you have one minute or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So that's fantastic too. But yeah, so the Beach Boys, I think, uh, quintessential summer listening. But those are my shout outs. Uh, I want to talk about how the Beach Boys was my first concert I ever went to. At ever, Jones ever. Beach? At Jones Beach with Christopher Cross. Did you happen to see wow. it at that concert? Uh, one of the Beach Boys lose their saxophone in Zach's Bay. Brother, I was like eight. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of memory you have. My friend was much younger than you. I don't know what year it was, but he has a memory burned into his brain of one of the Beach Boys losing their saxophone in, in Zach's Bay. How does that happen? I don't know. Because don't they bring him in like on a boat from the back? Like they used to bring him in on a boat from the backstage area. Bless you, Dave. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right there, pal. <laughs> All good. All right, good. Um, 
they used to like have to bring him from like the backstage area to a boat. So maybe like he was practicing beforehand. Oh, hit some rip current. Oh no, there's a sex ball. Whoop. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Know. I've seen somebody throw musical instruments into Zach's Bay before. We were at uh, Blink-182 and Panic at the Disco either forgot their guitar or gifted them a guitar because they were at the, the show the night the prior, uh-huh. the night prior on tour with Blink. And uh, I think Mark might have tossed the, the guitar into Zach's Bay. I wonder if you went into like that Zach's Bay area, what kind of instruments you would find there? If you like went scuba diving, that'd be interesting, right? It's really crazy and the way that Jones Beach used to be set up. There was the stage, and then there was a moat of water, like the whole yeah, yeah the whole um, orchestra that we know today. When we saw Kenny didn't Chesney. Exist. Was that there? Yeah, the when we no, saw Kenny no, Chesney. No, no. Was that no, 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 no? The moat has not existed in years. Uh, Back when they had the moat there, there was it was for like they would bring Broadway shows to Jones Beach. Oh wow! So they would and and they would incorporate the the water and stuff like that. So when they turned it into a music venue, we got the orchestra. Prior to that, it was just the mezzanine, and then that that whole orchestra area was was a moat. So, but yeah, those are something today. Yeah. Those are my well, shout-outs. That would be a cool TV show, what Chris mentioned. Hold on, with Chris, <laughs> that would be a cool TV show. It, like a search for, like how they have the WWE search for the old pastime treasures. If they did that for Zach's Bay, and you actually go down there and you find like an instrument, and then you track down whose instrument that was. <laughs> who had a 5B drumstick? Jeez, <laughs> wonder who it was. But those were Brandon's shout-outs. Now it's time for our... Our... is right our mark out moment of the week and uh, i think since you mentioned wwe's most wanted treasures i could start with that they were focused on women this past week and one of the people that they wanted items from was may young so they went to the international wrestling hall of they fame they got the hand they should like display that 100 percent. i don't know if they have the <laughs> hand anymore but they went to the, the International Wrestling Hall of Fame and they had her original robe and her crown there. So they, they picked those items up. I thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. Also, the Hall of Fame, I had no idea that they moved. It, it It's now inside the MVP arena, formerly the Knickerbocker Arena, formerly the Pepsi Arena, the Times Union Center up in Albany. I didn't know that. So events like the 92 Royal Rumble, the Stone Cold Beer Bash and Edge cashing in the first ever to tie it into this week's episode, Money in the Bank on John Cena at uh, New Year's Revolution all took place in that where the Hall of Fame is now. And they traded hmm. for, for May Young stuff. They traded that briefcase that Edge used to cash in the Money in the Bank to put on display there. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, for me, mark out moment. We discussed it earlier, but there were so many that I could pick from Money in the Bank. But I think I really have to go with Rhea Ripley versus Natalia from Monday Night Raw. Uh, and I'm going to say because it exceeded my expectations, I didn't expect it to be as great 
as a match that it really was. The false finishes. I love the fact where Natalia went for the uh, tribute to like uh, British Bulldog with the power slam and then the sharpshooter, and there was so much involved with there. And Rhea Ripley coming out with the the win at the end. I marked out for that entire match. Yeah. Um, and I marked out because I got seven stars on Fight Forever in a <laughs> Casino Battle Royal match. Yeah. It's great. Seven stars. So start calling me Seven Star Chris from now on. <laughs> also, I, I feel like we have to mention, given that we are a pro wrestling podcast, Lil Uzi Vert dropped his new album. We don't have to mention Pink this. Pink it's, it's a terrible last song. Week. <laughs> he, well, hold on. He sampled Nakamura's theme song for the track called Nakamura. Uh, and I do ultimately think that what makes that song so good is the CFO. Not good. It's I, not well, good. No, but I think what makes the song, like, the, the aspects that are good from it is the CFO track. There, no. It's the Nakamura theme That's, itself. It's, yeah, the, the, I, the I mean, Chris, song that he didn't write. Chris, though, I will say it's a lot better than... There's a song that he has on that album uh, titled C.S., which samples Chop Suey, and that is it should be called Chop BS. Suey's not a good song either. No, it's not. But to take System Chop Suey and do whoa, what he whoa, did whoa, to whoa, it, whoa, 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 come on now. But to do what no, he did to Chop Suey, I think is even worse. I just think it's cool that that Nakamura's theme song was sampled, and he is a mainstream artist, so I think it's cool to have that aspect for professional wrestling to tie in. I don't think he's showing uh, up you to know wrestle. What, who, I don't think he's who, showing up to who wrestle. Who am I to match. say anything anymore about when Brandon says this stuff? Because I I had the same exact reaction with Bad Bunny, where I was he's like, he's not as big as Bad Bunny though. No, no, no not even. Close. Okay, it, it's it's not me being. I just don't think I don't think Little Uzi Vert is is beloved by an entire country. <laughs> no, but yeah. uh, but maybe he will show up somewhere down the line to <laughs> perform that live. I don't know. He did. Oh, God. If you remember WrestleMania this year, he did have that weird performance to performance. Uh, Why I tried to, well, you had to you had to bring it up. I, it I tried was to it was it to, to play the Usos out to the ring. So it didn't yeah, really make sense. And then he was all over the, the WWE social saying next year I'm going to wrestle. So maybe he'll yeah. wrestle and. And come out to that? Probably not, but... <laughs> but yeah. So on that note, taking it to a full downer here. Um, that was Marked Out, episode 648. Thank you very much for listening to this week. We got to thank again Robert Felice for Fightful, at Dude Felice, uh, for giving us some money in the bank breakdown. We truly appreciate it. Uh, Facebook.com slash Marked Out, Twitter.com slash Marked Out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash Marked Out, 11... Uh, at Market Out on TikTok, twitch.tv slash Market Out, prowrestlingtees.com slash Market Out, um, Market Out, what at gmail.com. You can follow me at Chris Mean Dog. You can follow Brandon at BTTG161. Brandon at BTTG161 and Dave at David PTDPT. Until next week, where we hopefully don't talk about Little Lucy Vert, we wish you the. the- At least we got to speak about Taylor Swift. Best, Best of luck, luck in your, your future, future endeavors. endeavors. And now Brandon can put that as a hashtag. Fantastic week. <laughs> we talked about money in the bank, AEW Fusion, and more like Taylor Swift one time in the episode. So it's got to go on our hashtags. <laughs> <laughs>